Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who who do I have with me over here? Paranoid Coder, like always. How's it going, man? It's it's going well. It's going well. How's it going for you? It's good. It's a good day. We had some weird weather, so it's nice that things are shining up. True that. I'm actually digging like the fall now happening. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I haven't see looked at the weather, but you know, I, I don't give my ho- hopes up. So yes, yeah. this, this year. I know. I just weird. like the cooler weather personally. So I even bought like a jacket as well too, and I was like, well, I can use this in a few weeks. So this sure. would be great. I'm looking forward to the weather. I just don't know if it's actually going to happen. I think I it feel will. like we're going to get teased. <laughs> like this whole year has been teased, right? It's been like a little bit of this and then retract. A little bit of that season you want retract. That's true. So we'll see. That's true. That's true. But we're not here to talk about the weather. What the hell are we here to talk about? We're about to talk about some mods, some hacks. Got a lot of consoles. This is a really balanced schedule. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Everyone, it's, I guess the key to a good modding podcast is a nice balanced diet of consoles. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah. And right off the back, it looks like uh, we've got a few people in the chat, so it's good to see everyone. Yeah. Everyone's popping in. Mod shop, like always. Great to see you, man. Um. So yeah, looks like we got a full house. I'm excited. You ready to get started? I am. I am. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. It's all uh, good to see you all here. One thing is, I'm hoping. So everyone, I just kind of want to address at the beginning. I'm I'm hoping that the live stream won't be choppy and all that like it was last mm-hmm. time. Right. That was really disappointing because that was such a good episode. Yeah. And it was kind of choppy and we lost about ten minutes because we there's little clips here and there that were taken out just really? from the stream. Yeah. Yeah. So we lost about ten minutes worth of good content on that as well too overall. Uh, but one thing we ended up changing is uh, if we are if we're a little bit slow to respond to you all, it's because I end up forcing normal latency. So there's going to be about what I'm saying right now is going to get to you all about 30 seconds later. Mm-hmm. Unlike the low latency we had before, which was awesome for user interaction, but I don't want to have a nasty stream. No, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, you mentioned that to me yesterday, or the day before, and yeah, definitely all on board. Um, even if it's delayed, we want to give you guys good content. And since this is what gets uploaded to the podcast afterwards, right as of right now, you know what I mean, yeah. as our current pipeline, um, we want to make sure that you have a chance to go and listen afterwards too if things uh, go wrong in the stream. So, Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, actually, some people are saying live stream seems fine at the moment. That's awesome because like within two minutes of the first time we stream, people are like, it's choppy, it's yeah. choppy, it's laggy. Lag. We're like, oh no, what do we, what we started, what do we do? Yeah, and what was the real bummer was that it looked great on our end. So oh, it's it looked not fantastic like, on yeah, our end. Yeah, we had nothing to compare to. We had no idea what it, we were seeing uh, from you guys until actually the show was over. Um, and even then, I think you said it like had gotten a little bit better in post. Like a couple of things got a little better, either the video or the audio. That got a little one was better. weird because we lost about forty minutes of footage initially, and then after like a day, we end up getting about thirty minutes of it back. So we end up losing about ten minutes overall. But it's really annoying because also like MVG had such good insight. And we lost about 10 minutes of that because it kept cutting out like a few seconds every time we would switch over. Yeah, it was with the camera switching. Yeah. I do remember that. That is weird. So hopefully, uh, well, we won't be switching any cameras today. No. So spoiler alert. No guests. No guests. Uh, Just back to me and you. So hopefully everything is smooth sailing. I'm really hoping so. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, you you were saying, uh, I guess we'll be tackling the Vita here soon, but do you want to... Yeah, dude. Uh, I I saw this before I had seen you mention anything, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. This does fall into the category of not what I would consider gimmicky, but like, this is really cool. I'm glad someone did it. Would I ever do it? I I don't know. I'm glad it exists, though. (laughs) Uh, So basically, what was it? The Flow released this, right? Yes, the Flow, the almighty Flow. We'd love this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. (laughs) JK, not really. Don't at me. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, he basically released a really, really cool utility called Mini Vita TV, though. And from what I understand, it does uh, something to kind of emulate or uh, kind of fake the PS Vita as a PS TV, right? Yeah. Which is able to be paired with PS4 controllers. Thus, you get some access to not quite everything, I don't think, but you get access to a lot of titles with PS4 controller support. Um, I'm guessing right out the gate, pretty much everything that the PSTV supported. Really everything at that point, yeah. So in short, this essentially turns your PS Vita into a screen. So yeah. you could just use it as... You can, you can use it as a display screen and then use a wireless controller with it. Mm-hmm. And you can pair two up at the same time. Right. So. so they were talking about like local PlayStation 1 support and a couple other things? Yes, yeah. I think all PlayStation 1 games that support multiplayer work fine on here. So for example, like, you know, if we had our Vita here, I think the, the example that he had used was he had his Vita on a table and he had two controllers hooked up and he was playing Tekken 3 on mm-hmm. it. And he kind of made a pass at like, you know, like who needs a Switch or something like that. I thought mm-hmm. that was funny. Yeah, and it's good. And, and to be completely honest, um, I've actually lugged around a little bit more uh, I had an iPad at one point with a couple of Wiimotes and stuff like that that I had paired to with that. Really? Wiimotes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it was just uh, something I had readily available, right? And a lot of what I was playing was kind of really, really retro games, uh, emulators and whatnot. Yeah. So I will say I've carried around bulkier stuff. Um, and if you're really into the PS Vita, <clears throat> especially like kind of the PlayStation uh, games and all that, maybe some exclusives on there, this could actually fit the same kind of need that a Switch does. Uh, yeah. Not quite as convenient, but in all honesty, if that's what you're going for and you don't care for a Switch, then it could be a really freaking cool option. For sure. Um, so I don't know uh, if there's a whole lot more that you have to say about this. Feel free. Um, I don't Have you had a chance to experiment with it? No, because I, I haven't had a needs to on here. Uh, mainly, oh, actually, excuse me. We have to correct ourselves. You can connect up to four. Holy cow. Controllers. So you can connect up to four controllers. Uh, the, I think the only thing you are imagine doing four-player split screen? On that tiny screen? No, see, I wouldn't yeah. want to do that. I think it's awesome that this has been made. That probably just came with the method of execution, right? Yeah. You know, he probably would have had to have gone out of his way to limit it to two. Right, right. The PS TV already supports four. Exactly. Um, interesting things to keep in mind are that no fakes work, so you have to have a legitimate right. Sony created P- DualShock Three or DualShock Four. And there's some other warnings where the PS Vita buttons can't be used when the plugin is in use. Mm-hmm. So just got to keep that in mind. And apparently, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. If you press the DualShock 4's touchpad when using Adrenaline, Adrenaline will crash. So that's the major downside I saw to this because yeah. I looked at it and I was like, it's gonna be kind of difficult to not accidentally touch the touchpad because it's in the middle of the controller. So you you would know better than me. I was thinking, I guess, uh, because it's kind of out of the way, but uh, you wouldn't be using it for anything else, any other functionality along with this. Like, mm-hmm. um, But even if you just like brush up on it or sure. something like that, you know, that's or possible. Put it, put it uh, upside down on your bed or something like that and your yep. covers just bunch up Yep. Just right and press that thing. Yeah, yeah. That that last thing I thought was a little disappointing. But aside from that, I think it's really cool. This the, is out, so. I, you know, I can't speak with confidence, but the way it was kind of put out there, it almost seems like it's a known issue. And like, I don't think, I haven't seen any quote from the flow, so don't quote me on it. But, it, you know, it doesn't seem like it's like, hey, we'll fix this right around the corner. Didn't have mentioned that. It was definitely no. like a precautionary thing. Right. By right. the way. Right. So, and we're not saying anything like really bad about it either. No. It's just because I'm, I'm not going to sit here and shame the flows. Like, it's cool that he did this. But yeah, if yeah that's I was like, the, oh, that's kind of, that's a bit of a deal breaker to me where I'd be like, you know what? Just so I don't crash it, I'm going to play with DualShock 3 controllers, not DualShock 4, which is disappointing for me at least because I like the DualShock 4 more. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's nice that you have the option, first of all. Yeah. Um, and compared to what you get out of it, if it really, really fits a need for you, then it's kind of a small thing in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so great work to the flow. I think this is awesome. Uh, didn't quite see it coming, but, you know, I think it's awesome, especially with the Switch out there. I'm sure there were people that were uh, wanting something just like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because even, I, I think if you're just playing by yourself, I mean, like, for example, we're just, like, at the table here, I could, it'd be nice to just, like, have the Vita and, like, post it up, like, here on my laptop and just be playing with a controller. Like, something like that would be cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, depends on what it is. The next thing we have here is something called Vita Graphics, which I think is pretty dope. So, uh, let me go ahead and share my screen on this one as well, too. But this is a new plugin that's been created for the Vita. Uh, it's I've seen it teased for a bit, and it finally came out. There we go. But saying it's, uh, of course, for hacked consoles, and it's a plugin that let you lets you change the rendering resolution and frame per second cap of retail games. So essentially what this does is you can increase or decrease your frame buffer. Uh, you can remove f- uh, FPS caps if you want to. I think those are going to be the main things on there, uh, but even so, it's been really cool to notice the differences on them. Uh, the main ones I have seen with differences have been uh, really Persona 4 Golden. Uh, I've seen a lot of screenshots of this, uh, so it's been up uh, here. It seems like the maximum resolution normally is 960 by 544. Before people say that's too low, dude, you're playing on a on a little portable screen. <laughs> right. It does look sharper. I've seen screenshots of it. It does look sharper. It does look nicer. Uh, most of the time, it doesn't seem like it's really hitting battery life negatively. And the one thing from this article that I found interesting was Borderlands 2 was mentioned. And Borderlands 2, instead of bumping up the resolution, they actually downgraded the resolution, and it's now more playable than before, and it's smooth. Because hmm. I've never played Borderlands 2 on Vita. I kind of don't want to. I think that's a very weird system to put it on. But the overall... Like, the gross overall consensus of it was don't play Borderlands 2 on Vita because it's slow and the FPS isn't good and it's just it's, it, it just doesn't work on the system. But it's the performance isn't good. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be really tied to the resolution that it was running at. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, so I haven't looked into this myself. I don't have a Vita if you're uh, new to the podcast. So I haven't been able to play around this myself. What was kind of unclear to me was, like, is that totally up to the user to designate all of those things? Uh, like, do you just uncap the resolution, or can you pick the resolution? You can pick the resolutions. You can pick if you want to uncap the frame rate here. Yeah, limit, but you can increase the frame cap, the FPS cap variable for a smoother experience. That's what's saying here. So, mm-hmm. no, it's definitely nice to have this. I personally haven't played around with it yet. but Yeah, I mean, it seems, see. seems really cool. Um I think the nice thing would be, like, for example, on the PSTV, um, because, you know, I capture my gameplay footage and all that from it, uh, like if I'm recording videos and all that. But if I wanted to actually get gameplay, it would be most beneficial on that because, uh, you know, on a, on a small screen, it is going to make a difference, sure. But then all of a sudden you're playing Vita games on, like, for example, me, I play them on, like, a 23-inch monitor if I'm messing with the Vita TV. So you're going from this screen to, like, this screen, and mm. uh, those extra pixels will make a difference. Yeah, and on a comment that just I was just thinking about it when you said the resolution was small on the Vita screen, I guess part of the reason that you know people might think that is because a lot of their phones are shipping with 2K screens essentially. Yeah, that is true. I mean, if you think about it, like I agree with you. I don't think it looks bad, and it's nothing to be ashamed of uh, as far as you know 
PlayStation side of things goes. But, you know, phone screens are getting ridiculous these days. But that's also the main source of battery drain in most phones. So Mm -hmm. I think it's fine. Let's keep the battery life better. I'll take that trade. Before we go to the next topic, by the way, I just I, I'm kind of smiling at this. So one person said, "How skinny are you guys? Eat some food." <laughs> yeah, the weight loss has been working. Good for you. The yeah. weight loss has been working. Yeah. yeah. No, and like for me, like I'm less than five pounds away from my goal weight, so I actually take that as a major compliment because it wasn't just a few months ago. Some people would call me fat, and since I've been doing this thing, no one's called me fat. Did they really, or me. did you just call you fat? Uh, no, I would joke and call myself fat. I would make my dog joke and call me fat. But no, when, when people, it wasn't people who supported me. It would be like when people would get like angry when there was a tutorial that wouldn't work. Sometimes they'd call me like a fat nerd or something. Why doesn't this work? You're fat. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, but it was, it was, it was kind of disappointing too, because when I started the diet, I'm like, ha, they're not going to be able to call me fat much longer. But like, since I started, I I haven't been called fat. Good. Yeah. I, I haven't been called fat. Not ironically. I'm just like. Oh, I haven't been able to, like, disprove anyone. Yeah. Oh, well, here we go. I mean, this isn't disproving anyone, but this is a good compliment. So definitely worth feeling good. Me, on the other hand, I actually eat, like, pretty dang healthy. (laughs) And um, uh, I definitely, I've always been skinny. Yesterday, funny story. um, No, two days ago. So I had a work thing. We have these big big planning events that are two days long, and they provide a hot breakfast on the first day, a nice big hot breakfast. So I get in, and I'm like, oh, eggs, like breakfast potatoes, like the whole nine yards. Sounds good. I start stacking the plate. They had like desserts, and I was like, woo, (laughs) and I'm almost done eating. And I was like, oh, wait, I ate breakfast before I came over here. And so (laughs) I did the whole (laughs) Hobbit thing and ate like two full breakfasts, and I had lunch, and I had dinner. And I had snacks. Like, it's th- this body. And you're also blessed with an insanely fast metabolism. Well, right. So. Yeah. I don't work out a ton, but I do definitely get my exercise here and there. And so, like, I'm, I'm burning a, uh, a decent bit of it away. So, like, I yeah. Know. We good. We good. I think we good. I think we good. We yeah. Good. We good to keep going with this? Because I think we do have a couple more things I want to talk about on the Vita Graphics side of things. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I thought we were moving on. No, it's, it's, it's all good. I did just want to mention there are only 13 games that are currently supported um, so yeah, just like a couple of them here that are worth noting: Borderlands Two, obviously, Little Big Planet, uh, Killzone, Mercenary, Persona, Persona Four, God of War Collection, and a few others. I'm sure we'll have the article that kind of goes over this and has these listed oh, in yeah. the description in the show notes. And, and I'm sure there's going to be even more games that will be supported later sure. on. So we might be outdated right now. We might be outdated right now. No, we're never outdated. Sometimes we are. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know. That's why they're listening to us. It's all good, man. It's called being transparent. True, true. Yes, we talked about that earlier today. <laughs> moving <laughs> on, though. <laughs> moving on. Let's see. So, Devin, I have a, I have a question. Yeah, you. shoot. If a ROM site no longer hosts ROMs on their own accord, are they still a ROM site? Well, it depends. I mean... <laughs> I did not quote this before. So what you're talking about, I'm guessing, is Emu Paradise. Yes. I'm actually curious on how you would have said that. Emu Paradise. Or Emu. Emu, Emu, yeah. I know, but you you caught me. I I remember when I first met Devin, I used to say EMU. Or I've also heard people say Emu. Emu. And I'm like, it's not an Emu Well, emulation, Emu Paradise. Yeah, yeah. So So, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of generally how I try and, like, enunciate it. But, yeah, I've heard I've heard. My favorite was emu. I'm like, no, it sounds That's an like animal. Yeah, it could be a paradise for emus, but no, this is not that site. That kind of reminds me of <laughs> pop versus soda, and when so people say no, it's not pop because pop is a sound. I've never heard that argument, but I've just heard people be like, what? 
are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we're we're in a place where that gets called both. So if you're like, what are they talking about? Some parts of the U.S. people say soda. Some parts say pop. Yeah, we get. It. I think it's pretty evenly divided here. Some places down south, well, not necessarily. Some some places down south, every soda is a Coke. I've heard that too. Everything is Coke. And that yeah. that is. If wrong. it is if it is a soft drink, it is Coke. That's wrong. I will argue as a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so M U Paradise. See if I can even say it right. M U Paradise. The tagline here, which I don't think has changed. It sounds familiar. The biggest retro gaming website on earth. So is it really? I mean, like, I feel like they have a good default spin on their thing, right? Yeah, I personally don't think it's the biggest, but I know uh, one of our uh, one of our friends of the show. He's not here yet, but uh, WC, anyways, he um, was a moderator on the mm, site and all that. Wow! So he might disagree with me and be all like, "No, it's the biggest." I'll be like, "All right, all yeah, right, yeah, fine. right, <laughs> fine." I'm cool I mean, with them. <laughs> that being said, I mean, you've heard of this site, right? I mean, this is something that you've known about for quite a few years. I would imagine everyone's known yes, about it. All I right, mean, everyone's known about it. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can, we can bring in numbers, we can bring in technicalities, but they're very well respected, and I think yeah. you know I think they've done a good job. Aside from ads and stuff like that, I think they've always served well. Yeah. So. Yeah. But like a lot of sites, I've heard of several, and we're even going to talk about a couple. Um, you know, they've been hit by a lot of legal issues, um, and it's kind of like back to back, or not back to back, but like it, it's. I think it's. It's kind of like been the last straw. Well, I guess here, here, like, here's the, here's the thing that I want to talk about. At least, sorry if I'm, I'm popping my knuckles here. Bad habit, but yeah, um, right into the mic. I know, I know. I realized it as I was doing. <laughs> uh, it's all no, good, man. so the, the the thing about this is, and that's one thing I'm glad you're talking about. I want to bring that up. A lot of people have been saying Nintendo shut them down. Nintendo forced them to shut down. Nintendo sent legal notices. That's not exactly how I read it. That's not true at all. No. Um, just to clear this. Uh, up front here because so many people have been making this uh, have been turning this into clickbait and it's been really annoying seeing this misinformation when they're saying nintendo shut down emu paradise that's not true nintendo shut down two websites they shut down love roms and they shut down i don't remember the second one they shut those ones down because over a year ago nintendo pretty much sent dmca notices for specific games to all the major rom sites all the major ROM sites complied with those mm-hmm. DMCA notices, except for, oh, Love ROMs and Love Retro. And the DMCA notices are not new. I mean, over the oh, years, I have slowly seen, especially Nintendo ROMs, get kind of stripped away from these sites. They keep running, and they usually what, comply. What, you know? One one thing that's actually shocking is, because um, I, I I didn't get into ROMs in, like, you know, the early 90s and, like, well, the late 90s and such, Um but apparently, like on old GeoSites websites, like you remember, like Yahoo mm-hmm. GeoSites. Yeah, Nintendo used to send DMCA notices to GeoSites websites that hosted one or two Nintendo games. So they've actually slowed down quite a bit. But going back here, Love Retro and Love ROMs, both of those were shut down. That the plug was pulled on them because Nintendo sent DMCA notices over a year ago. They did not comply with the DMCA notices, so now they're taking them to court. Mm-hmm. But those are the only two that they're they're going with. Aside from that, uh, MU Paradise, all these other sites, they comply with those DMCA notices. Right. That's why if you went there and you looked for, I don't know, certain Mario games or certain other first-party Nintendo titles, you didn't find them. Yep. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so, you know, kind of from what I read here, please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong sure, or sure. misspeaking, but it seemed yeah. like a lot of this was like, almost like, look, this is getting tiring. DMCA notice after DMCA notice, kind of just, it's a cat and mouse game. We're kind of just skirting legal stuff, hoping to not get in trouble here. 
this is exhausting and we want to put our passion into something else instead of like risking, especially like their employees, mm-hmm. right? The people that yeah. put their heart and soul into the project, you know, it, it would suck to have like, they'd rather change direction now while they're not in hot water mm-hmm. than get in hot water and have to disappoint a lot of people in a very short amount of time. Yeah. No, that, that that's correct. They made the decision themselves to pull it mm-hmm. and they are going to now be, um, transitioning over to because they they've had a community they've had a lively community Mm -hmm. for a while right and now they're going to be all retro all community based without the roms without the emulators Mm -hmm. i mean you can still talk about that but without the rom downloads without the bios downloads and such and even so now it'll get to the point because some people have gotten excited they're like wait no they're still there no like if you try for an example let's say roms atari 2600 let me grab pac-man if you go to download links and try download you can't anymore. This yeah. game is unavailable, and so every like, single thing has been made unavailable. A lot of those indexes are still yeah. there. You can still search. You can still find the game. But and I'm sorry, I'm using an ad blocker. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, but I don't um, know when porn ads are going to show up on here when I'm on stream. I'm trying not to get a strike. True. So. I think you're, yeah, doing especially with like sometimes some of the shady websites we have to go to to get this information. I don't you're, know what the hell is hey, going to pop you're up. You're a content creator. You know I how know. it is. You know the struggle. I know. I use YouTube Red. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. use YouTube. Oh Red. yeah. Uh, YouTube Premium. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. All right, <coughs> I, I hate that name, YouTube Red. And I, I still yeah, use it. I was about to. Say, I thought you were going to say I hate the word YouTube, name YouTube Premium. No, YouTube like, Premium eh. is more accurate. Yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, uh, Google. That's for another time. <laughs> My rant about all that. Hopefully, in a video in, in your future, actually. But mm-hmm. for now, retro games, MU Paradise. Um, I don't know. I, I wonder. You know, occasionally we'll see these total side projects. Like we've seen Dreamcast games come out, like in the last few years. You know, various different like total indie projects. You know, I'm not speaking for anyone. I'm not making any. Uh, you know, don't quote me on it again. But I wonder if we'll see some of that crop up to some community-driven ROMs and stuff like that. Maybe there's still some copyright deep in those if they're having to start with a ROM base. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe that still won't be good enough. But I think they're really going to focus on the community, like you said. Yeah. They're really going to highlight that um, as, as they quote, the biggest retro gaming website on Earth. For sure. Yeah. Well, one thing I've... The silver lining I've found in this is that now if there is something that we see on MU Paradise, we can link to it. Mm-hmm. Because my thing is, so just, like, just to let you all know, whenever I upload videos and all that stuff, I... I, I think I'm very successful at this, but I don't link to ROM sites. I don't do that because I don't want to direct traffic there because you can actually, you know, you can get struck for that. You can get in trouble mm-hmm. with YouTube if you do that. So now at this point, I actually can link to stuff on MU Paradise because yeah. there's no illegal downloads there. Yeah. So that's at least a nice positive. Well, that, and I'm hoping that they give us a reason to do that. Right, yeah. like I, I, I'm all behind Emmy Paradise on this. Um, you know, I think they've done me well, so I, I would like to support them by continuing to invest in their community. And now, you know, I was never a part of their community, but the fact that they've highlighted this so much and I've heard it's, uh, such good support for this, it actually makes me want to go check out the community, see what's going on, and yeah. actually like invest some of my time into that. So, for sure, um, you know, I'm really hoping for the best. For sure. Now, speaking of communities, other websites and all that stuff, and people have already made this information here, why aren't we talking about this site? <laughs> we are actually going to talk about this site. This is another website that ended up choosing to take down their stuff, which I think, okay, the name, here, I'm just going to share This is where this. things are a little different. 
This place is called the ISO Zone, another website that people infamously know for mm. getting their content from. I really didn't use the site because I didn't like the organization or the speeds all that much. So but sometimes they had that one thing that you needed for some obscure. I don't purpose. know if I. Well, maybe, maybe like years and years ago, I may have been on this site for some random thing like you're talking about. But I honestly, when you sent me this, I was like, "The hell is this?" Yeah, no, I've I've known about it for a while, and and my main thing is actually, and I'm just being honest here. It's not like I'm trying to hide like, oh, I was actually downloading stuff there. No, like. When we're talking about community, their form actually is extremely active and has mm -hmm. so much valuable information just about modding in general that I found when troubleshooting, when looking up issues uh, with any type of console that I was working on. A lot of it points back to ISO Zone, mm -hmm. but I could never really cite it because ISO Zone. But now yeah. at this point, I think this is a little bit silly because the place is called the ISO Zone. And they're now missing their ISOs and their ROMs. Yeah, that's like if cool ROMs... Tried to keep going with no ROMs. Yeah, at least with, <laughs> with MU Paradise, it's like, oh, okay, so this is going to be all about emulation with a mm -hmm. twist on retro, it seems. Yeah. But ISO Zone's like, where are the ISOs? Where are they at? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. What's up? I want to give a quick shout out to Modern Vintage Gamer. Oh? He popped in and just donated $10. Oh, snap. I didn't so. see it. Thank you so much. Oh, it wow. much appreciated. And I think we should uh, go ahead and shout this guy out. <laughs> How much to bribe you guys to be on a future mod chat? Dude, you don't have to bribe us. You're on two episodes and you yeah, didn't dude. even like. And I feel like we need to get justice for that last one. Like, yes. We need. We do. MVG back on. And we need to have another kick-ass show. Because yeah. honestly, the two shows that he was on are like two of my favorites. Yes, easily. they are. And it's a shame that the second one got a little messed up. So. Yes, they are. Absolutely. So MVG, we would absolutely love to have you back on. So. Another 10 would do it, though. That would just seal the deal. No, no, <laughs> no. Obviously, I'm kidding. Put that out there. You cannot bribe your way onto the show. <laughs> True. Yeah, you're right. Don't, let's not set that precedent. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's much appreciated. I have never charged anyone money to get on the show. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's definitely not a thing. I, that's all, all a joke. Thank you so much, MVG. It's much appreciated and I, you know i think that other people would like to have you back on too absolutely we've even gotten like a few tweets here and there about like yes. hey is this guy coming back exactly like, maybe exactly so <laughs> yeah we'd all be down for it but yeah going back to iso zone they also ended up saying kind of with their statement here as well too that they decided to they they don't really agree with it but kind of because of the climate they weren't threatened or anything but uh -huh. because of the climate right now they decided to pull down their collection of downloads and such H however here's the funny thing if you look around a little bit and just just listen to me carefully because i'm, I'm going to hint at something if you go to another website or a zone of sorts for retro material it has all the same shit that the iso zone used to have and it's known on this website as well too you don't say i don't say I'm not saying the name. I'm you not don't. linking to it. You don't say. But I'm just saying, if like, I found it within a minute. Like, yeah. I was on the ISO zone, and I was, like, looking at some of the forum posts, and it's like, oh, this is the site with, like, the same catalog. Apparently, it's a older catalog, and they're still mm. building things up on there, but all the content is just elsewhere. With a more obscure who is. <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. I think the silly thing is, so the naming is silly, because you have... This I like you have the ISO zone, which mm -hmm. no longer has ISOs, and then you right. have this other zone that is known for retro titles. 
But it's like that one's like, well, this this new site sounds like it would be just a retro gaming hangout area, yeah. and the ISO zone sounds like the place where you download your games. Perhaps more like, Emmy but they Paradise. actually flip flopped. Like, so oh, this is a site to get your like emulators and kind of stuff on that, and this is a site for like ISOs and ROMs. So, but I agree with you. It's it's kind of it's confusing, but like, I mean, what are you gonna do? So I think the thing is on this, the the main thing, the reason why they did that, they spun up another website and started putting the content on there. And when I say they, uh, I don't, I don't want to confirm anything or put anything out there. There is another website that seems to be, the, the community seems to be similar. It has all the contents that the ISO zone used to have. I think the reason why they did it is because they've also built a community around ISO zone. They built a community around that. It is extremely difficult to rebuild a like to to rebuild a community and such. Mm-hmm. So people aren't going to join. The community is going to slow down because that content is no longer here. So they already have established community and they took something away. While as the other site, they can build up. Like the owners of that site are able to build it up because they have the content. The people are going to come for the content. The community will be built around it. Mm-hmm. All said, I try. I try. I can't follow that up. <laughs> Now, one thing, uh, before we get off this topic, one thing I wanted to ask you about is a lot of people try and cite preservation on here for, oh, these websites have to be up. These websites have to supply these files. What are your thoughts on that? The websites have to supply ROM? Well, people are saying like, no, these we- these ROM sites are important because they're preserving our games. <sighs> That's It is a tough one. Um, I think, I guess the one answer I have to that is I, I believe copyright law is still taking effect in the ways they always have in public domain is something, um, eventually. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we have to hold on to our games, uh, media that, you know, can be destroyed potentially for that much longer to be able to effectively like, you know, distribute that and get it backed up and archived at a more global scale? Maybe, but I, I do have a hard time. You know, as someone who, you know, as a creator of sorts myself, even a developer, right? Like, I have a really hard time arguing that, I guess. You know, it's like, this is your stuff. This is, you've made this. You have this copyrighted. This is your company. You can do whatever you want with it. And no matter how important or nostalgic it is for you. And public domain is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm not a copyright law expert. So I could be off on this, but, you know, that seems like a pretty solid safety net. Like, wait a while. You can't play your PlayStation 1 games that you just downloaded offline yet, but, like, if it becomes public domain eventually. Right. You know, but it would take so long for something to go public domain. I mean, with, with a lot of these games, too, here's the thing. Like, these have all been preserved. I mean, there's there's copies that are readily available out there. Um, it's all It's all there. It's available. Um, if you back up your own copy, you know, you can preserve it your own way, all that stuff. There are ways to preserve games without, like, it, retail games and such, like, such as this. There, There's ways to preserve games without distributing them all over the place. A lot of mm-hmm. people say, hey, if you're going to preserve this, it has to be readily accessible. That's not necessarily the case. Sure. I know there are, like, Andrew Borman, for example, um, Frank Cifaldi, I believe that's his name. They are video game archivists. It is their job to archive these games, to preserve them and such. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, they might share out a game, something like that. 
but they do a lot of work where they make sure they're able to get these games. They make sure they're able to make backup copies of them. Then they make sure that they document them. They make sure the information is all going to be out there. Yeah. So saying it's... So preservation is a completely different thing because mm-hmm. you can make sure something is safe. You can check some it. Like you can, you can have a being, like make sure it's safe, check some it, fully document it, put the information out there, document the differences, do all this stuff. Like that's totally fine. And, th- right. and that's preservation right there. It sounds like what people are arguing for is like almost if a museum distributed all of its old artifacts to like a little bit and of that- everyone, like everyone can preserve a little bit like no there's a reason why we have professionals to do i was gonna say that's that's why i thought of it as well that's the way i thought of as well because like for example if a museum has a mummy it's like yes they have the mummy they've preserved it it's safe all that stuff yeah however just because it's preserved that doesn't mean i can go there whenever i want to that doesn't mean i can you know take take it home take (laughs) home that doesn't mean i can dance around with it right but it is preserved yeah and it has been documented and we can i mean i wouldn't even be too shocked like if some of these uh preservation companies or organizations or what have you um they could have audits as well right like do you have what you say you have you know what i mean you haven't lost material this is important to the public like you are lying if you say you don't have it you know what i mean um however all those logistical and legal things actually work out i mean audits could be a thing yeah so uh, i i'm i think i'm on board with you would i like to live in a world where all the retro games are free sure but that's also a gray line itself like when does something become retro when should it become free mm-hmm. um i would argue the fundamental like baseline for that is public domain but again, I'm no copyright expert. Maybe what I understand about public domain is a little off. But I do believe there are some pretty old games that have gotten into public domain now that you can get ROMs for, like, legally. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't seem too unheard of or out of the realm of reality. Yeah, I think uh, there's one person here. I can't confirm this, but someone is allegedly claiming that Vetrix is legal. So I guess there's that. Uh, what was the other thing? It's not a game, but um, funny enough, Night of the Living Dead that movie can be freely distributed and repressed and shared and all that stuff because George A. Romero fucked up the copyright. Really? Yep. Did not know that. Yeah, he messed up. He, I, I believe he did copyright it, but somehow he ended up like messing up the copyright or he didn't do it properly or wasn't even done. Null so, and void. Yeah, no. So I can actually go and download a copy of it and burn it to a disc if I'm going to do that. Burn it to a disc and sell it to you for five bucks and that's all legal. Because essentially, there's no copyright on that movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Dope. It's okay. He's had he's had a lot of success afterwards, so he's not losing anything out on like Walmart selling a discounted copy of Night of the Living Dead for like three bucks, which I have seen before. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we've beaten this horse dead. Should I think we move so. on? Yeah. Can I talk about it? Yes. Go ahead. Oh my god. Woo, more Whoa. Switch stuff. More Switch stuff. <laughs> it's time for Nintendo Chat, everybody. It is time for Nintendo Chat. But Nintendo Chat is not going to be as big this time around. No, and I think we're settling into a nice, comfortable area, right? Yes. And, I, and I'm and i happy with it, right? Yeah. It, it's a little bit more easy to keep up with. Although, uh, I knew this was teased, but I had, didn't realize this even came out until I saw it in the our docs. Like, it totally just went over, went, went under my radar. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about is Ray 
Rayan X. Rayan X. A new Switch custom firmware. It's no atmosphere, but God damn it, we'll take it. Yeah. And actually, do you know, I haven't looked too deeply into it. Do you know if it's forked from atmosphere at all? Or do you know if it's completely custom from the ground up? I don't want to speak on that because I don't want to put out misinformation. Sure. I haven't seen anything on it uh, in the credits. Uh, uh, Ray does, like, quote, um, several people. Um, a lot of people for generally their code, their contributions, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, the repo is not forked from an atmosphere repo, and I don't really see any major reference. So unsure about that, but it is a, a different custom firmware with some different advantages as well. Um, so this is totally out to the public. Uh, right here on the main thread, what is RayNX? It's a modular custom firmware for the Nintendo Switch that uses smart patching for future proofing and just works. TM. <laughs> um, so if we go into the, some of the features here, load all kips, which I actually, I wish I had a little bit more time. I was late to kind of researching some of this stuff, but I haven't really gotten into like what kip stands for. I'm guessing they're the kind of just plugins, um, plugin file format. I guess so. On um, it says load all kips from Ray and X slash sys modules, um, optional custom kernel, Secmon, warm boot. Um, you know, I don't, I haven't looked, seen a whole lot of different custom kernels and stuff like that out there but maybe we'll get more uh default kips with e, uh, exefs redirect from rainx slash title slash title id um so a little bit of like game mods i'm guessing there mm -hmm. um all kinds of stuff that i don't have time to play with but i'm very happy to see because sure. i've been a big fan of ray's work and especially like how professional they've been able to keep it um, yeah. and their code has gotten a lot of compliments and i'm definitely no low-level custom firmware developer but yeah, I mean, and, I'm and I'm happy. And and I'm looking right now on the credits here. So I'm gonna say this for the first time. Nayewert, uh, for yeah. his hardware initialization code, general being helpful. CTC Air and Star for their contribution to the hardware code. Mm -hmm. Cyrus Infosys modules. Sweet. So it does not look like it was forked. Right from atmosphere. As of right now. If As of right now. Word comes in that's changed. We'll try and update you guys. But mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, even if it is forked, it looks like there's a lot of good work that's going to this. This is not a clone. This is not a copy. Absolutely. Um, Ray is a great developer, and I'm really excited to see this progress. Yeah. Now, apparently, th there's this right here where this is the initial thing that I had linked, and it's Ray NX installation and use. And Darth Medios, I believe, on GBA Temp had made this guide for it. However, this is already outdated. See, we're outdated here, and it's even labeled as outdated. And it says here, the guide is legacy. There's a new website guide available, or very soon will be. Thank you all for your support. I'm hoping there is a website guide that will be very similar to this, because a lot of this, it, it seems to be easy enough, but at the same time, it's still very much a lot of moving parts, where it's, okay, get these files, now get these files, now get this zip package, well, I'm not, put this here. I'm not so sure. So if we look at the release, I think maybe the release has been simplified. So if you look at the README, it usage put ray are you looking on the uh, github mm -hmm. oh okay okay so it says usage put rainx folder on the root of your switch's sd card and run rainx bin with your favorite fuse launcher but then you have to put in other things as well too which is where like the secret stash on the other thread came in gotcha yeah, yeah i mean I guess I that'd be more for game patches any other things whatever you want to do yeah perhaps um i haven't gotten a try it myself um i would love to get get this in uh before the next mod chat maybe we can have another mod day where we I, play around some stuff i i would totally be down for that but um regardless it's out officially uh definitely go give it a try if it's something that you guys are interested in um i am gonna look real quick 
sure. Steve go Files. ahead. Go yeah. ahead and look. And while you're looking, I'm actually going to talk about. What do we talk about? We're talking. We're talking about SX. We're talking about SX again. So there, there's been some things that have come out. Actually, several different pieces of news. So. What we're looking at here, let me go ahead and share this on my end. But there is a, the latest update out for SXOS is uh, 1.5. That's it there. Now I can actually focus. So the latest one is version 1.5. Now this has come up under a little bit of scrutiny because uh, the, the main ad additions here are an added mass NSP install. So NSP files mm-hmm. are essentially this generation's CIA mm-hmm. format. It's a installable format for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, FTP server support is on there. And now you can actually put your stuff into directories as it shows right here. However, the reason why I say there's a little bit of scrutiny behind this is because uh, mass NSP install is literally just tinfoil. So they're still taking code from other open source projects. So uh, NSP, mass NSP install is tinfoil. Mm-hmm. FTP server support, that's FTPD. But apparently uh, there was one person we were talking to, and he was saying that uh, it, there's been crashes with FTP server support before with FTPD. And on SXOS, it it's doesn't crash. Well. Yeah. yeah. So they seem to end up improving that, which I'm sure that improvement will eventually come to FTPD. But still, there's nothing. It's stuff that's integrated. It's nothing that's been built up from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked about this at length. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about patch- packaging all this stuff in a nice, neat little bow and maybe even fixing some stuff along the way. But, uh, you know, it would be very beneficial to the community. Maybe not necessarily to Team Executor, but you say executor i guess maybe one of my uh, friends in florida said executor i thought ex- it was funny executor executor executor, ex- executor. yeah it's weird yeah. well and you know it's funny i try not to like mispronounce because what i want to say is executor from pokemon yeah but like i just like it, it like it totally messes up my brain because mm-hmm. i'm trying not to say executor because that's where i'm going to people be like it's not executor like post some memes or something like that it's funny big bad memes some long neck executor memes <laughs> i don't need all that um, not necessarily all is bad though. So I don't think they really had any credits in this switch or this XS OS update, but they kind of gave a nod to at least one developer this time around in, not in this one here right. in the next thing right. that they had. Yeah. So yeah. they came out with some new features. Is there anything else you really wanted to cover on? So I, I know the I know the app that you're talking about. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk about that, and then we'll talk about the the hardware as well. Sure. Yeah. 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 So I, I got that queued up. But what would you like to say about the app? Right. So there was an app that came out by Team Executor. Executor. And I'm so, pr- <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you, Executor. Executor. <laughs> God damn it, that's gonna be on my mind. <laughs> but um. So they released an app, and essentially, if you've heard of NX Launcher, right? Or is it NX Loader? Uh, NX Loader, I NX believe. NX Loader. Yeah. I, um, I haven't used it, but I believe that's the name, NX Loader. All right. So NX Loader, which basically let you, you know, normally when you're doing a lot of these uh, hacks for the Switch, you have to load a payload from your computer, or mm-hmm. if you're using the um, the Team Executor, ex- Executor, gosh dang it, see, I'm just thinking about it now. <laughs> I'm just not even going to say it for the rest of the show. 
Uh, Team scrambled eggs. If you're using the the SX, uh, you're loading the payload off of the actual hardware itself. Yeah. Um, so one other alternative that someone came up with is like, well, instead of plugging it into your computer, uh, you'd have an app running on your phone where you could load the payload and just plug your phone into the switch, and then you could load it from there. Which is an X loader. Right. Now, of course, in true <laughs> team executor fashion. <laughs> Gosh dang it, your laughing is not helping this at all. The people that are listening to the audio of this are probably just thinking we're nuts. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop sharing this so people can see like the dumb smile of God, <laughs> See what I like about doing this uh, podcast too, just side note, is like I actually don't ever know when you're sharing your screen. Like sometimes it's really obvious, but I don't have like a direct no, I feel like that. there's no like light on the camera or anything like that. No, I understand. I, mean? <laughs> so, I understand. Um, you know, I have, it's, it's, I'm always prepared, but <laughs> basically they took this app, released their own version in true team executor fashion. And, um, uh, they forked NX loader and basically put their own little spin on it. And of course bundled their own payload with it. Yeah. Um, you can still actually select a different payload and then restore the original one. But you know, this is obviously catered around the SX, um, however, it seems like they did kind of give a nod. Yes. To so NX I, I even admittedly, uh, just to give this, I haven't actually used it because um, I just haven't had the opportunity to. But I did download SX Tools. I installed it, and if you go to the About section, SX Tools by Anson Twenty Four. This version of NX Loader is modded to have SX Launcher version 1.0 payload as default. Huge thanks to David Buchanan 314 for the source. They actually credited someone very publicly. This is where I wish we had like a soundboard so we can give a little golf clap. I know uh, if you listen to the H3 podcast, they've been doing that with the stream deck. Perfect. Yeah. So this is one of those things. It's like it's apparently so there's been you could have done this before. You could have an X loader and you could load the SXOS payload. Right. Because they released that. Day one. Yes. Like, way ahead of time. Yeah. You could also... Uh, there's apparently another build of an X-Loader. There was a forked one that had SXOS built in by default. So, there actually is a difference here, which I thought this was impressive. Apparently, you can lock your phone, and you can drop the payload from it locked. Hmm. So, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it, it is. It's interesting. It makes it hard to, like... When they make those little subtle improvements that you're like, oh, well, nice, nice job, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to get like super mad at them. It's still mm-hmm. frustrating, you know, their practices and stuff like that. But this is on the better side of things. Yes. Maybe they're changing their ways. Possibly. This is the start of a whole new thing. Or maybe one of the, they hired an Android developer and the Android developer was like, screw you, I'm giving credits. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are messed up. Yeah. Shout out, I will say he's in chat here, but shout out to Nicholas because uh, he's actually in my Discord server, which uh, link down below in the description if you're on YouTube and you want to check it out. It's a fun time, but uh, no, he had ended up essentially ripping this apart as soon as it came out, and he was able to find the sources and everything and find the original GitHub repos pretty early, and if I didn't see that, I actually would not have checked it out, but I was like, wait, did Nick just expose them, or did they credit someone for once? And the good news is, they credited someone Almost almost in disbelief. Yeah, there's an entire About tab there. I'm actually, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay with this. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Right. So, you know, it would be nice if you guys did that a little bit more. Well done. We're not going to hate you for it. We're, we're sitting here with open arms. If you want to hug us back, like, we're all ready. Don't give me no hug. Okay. Maybe not you. <laughs> yeah. Executor, yeah. give me hugs and give me free things. That would be fantastic. 
the the last thing in regards to sx here we have we have one more piece of news which i i mean i'm kind of gonna pose this question to you but it's here announcing sx gear your best os companion sx gear is the perfect solution for sx owners who want an easy and safe way to boot up team executor firmware it can also be used to inject any other payload with a high quality toolkit from the brand you trust team executor (laughs) Okay. So I'm sorry. The SX gear combine our acclaimed dongle and jig strong, sturdy. With no. <laughs> I haven't read this. <laughs> I actually so haven't read this part with, either. With its unique super capacitors, made to last and keep your switch safe. This is like those poor, like, like. Actually, I have a picture I want to show you. It, okay, yeah, it, it'd be worth putting on stream, but I don't want to go through all that effort. I understand. But I actually had a, a Japanese snack that I brought back from Japan, and it said something like, like. More explosive, more flavor, and it had like a couple of bullet points. And the last one was in all caps: snack. snack. <laughs> That's <laughs> it was cute. Just like a very picturesque, like you know, example yeah. of those poor translations. Now, see here. So it's saying it's going to be available in September at a manufacturer suggested retail price of twenty five bucks from all the team executor distributors. So here, here's the thing: I, I have to ask you, Devin. This is. I was is confused. The, is this just the SX Pro yes. in a different color without the license key? Yes, that is what I have gathered. It okay. literally, like, I actually invested more time into this article than almost any other article because just because, like, it took me forever to figure out their messaging is so unclear. Yeah, no, because I, I looked at it initially, and, like, this this is everything that's available there. I'll, I'll go ahead and just stop sharing on that. But initially, I looked at this. I was like, oh, okay, like, a limited edition red red payload tool well, okay so when they and said then i little... looked and i'm like wait it's 25 bucks okay so so what is this and i think this is it's correct literally... me if I'm wrong anyone correct me if i'm wrong but this is just the sx pro yes. without the os license yes okay yes. yes that is what i gathered on my own 100 percent. that's way it took way too long to determine that now i actually thought literally what i thought SX Pro's little brother. I was like, whoa, did they like condense this down? That's what I thought. And and it's like, this is a cheaper, small, like, what are they doing? Are they just trying to like totally dominate the market by coming out with something cheap? But no, like, I think you are 100% right. It is literally, I mean, I don't understand why they didn't just have the marketing like SX Pro plus license. In the future, you will be able to buy just the SX Pro. Hmm. And you know what I mean? I don't understand why they had to change the lingo to gear. Like, what does that mean? So, uh, I know X41 in chat, he, he believes that the SX Pro can only boot SXOS, and this lets you boot different payloads, but I don't know. No, that's not true. Because yep. I know tra- Executor was pretty transparent, and they, well, on, the, on this at least, they they said that you would be able to put different payloads on Granted, their device. I, this, is just, this is just a red version of that device without the license key for the os right I, I haven't actually tried is, but very poorly worked. i will say i haven't tried and i don't believe you try to load another payload with all the sx whatnots you know the, the sd files and everything else mm-hmm. i guess um but yeah no that's that, that's what i understood um you could actually and that's why like maybe not i can't remember i think that's why there's you should be able to like load something onto that sx right the actual load a payload onto that. Yeah, there, it comes with a USB cable. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's just, at, at, at the bottom, it's just micro USB. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's USB-C. I think it's USB-C. No, it's micro USB. Really? On one end and yeah. it's USB-C on the other? Yes, because I had mm. to p- plug it in a few days ago. Gotcha. It's micro USB. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was because yours died or whatever, because you hadn't been using it enough, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, figured it out. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, like you can actually load a different payload. Um. As far as both of us know, I don't think you haven't tried it, right? 
No, not at all. But yeah. Um, so I'm with you right now. You know, unless again, we're totally open to be proven wrong here. But unless, um, unless someone says differently, it looks like literally the gear is just a very confusing SX without the OS. Mm-hmm. Which I don't okay. mind them having the option. I don't mind them forcing you to take. Or I, 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 I think it's okay that they don't force you to have the license, right? Yeah. And even you can buy the license by itself if you want to use your own hardware and actually load the payload without the SX or the SX gear. Yeah. So I like the the freedom <laughs> the freedom they're giving the user here. That sounds really weird saying <laughs> that. But I like what they're doing. It's just a really weird mixed message. I don't know. Yeah. I was just as confused as you were and came to the same conclusion, though. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sad. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Go ahead and take this one. Interesting. So are we looking at the... Uh, Let's say randoms tweet. Yes. Okay. Just making sure I'm on page here. Yeah. We so, cite in tweets here, like weird, the news is now. Some weird, uh, some weird stuff is going on. I'm guessing this guy's a developer. Um, random. There's user, actual handle is random six 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 underscore kys. Yeah, and it has his bio says I like game reverse engineering mm-hmm. and I like writing homebrew modding tools most of the time for the Nintendo Switch. So sounds like he was experimenting probably with some system level stuff yeah. um, on the Switch. And he kind of stumbled upon a way to put it into VR mode. Yeah, there is a test VR mode type thing. It brings up some text, and then it ends up displaying two smaller versions of your screen mm-hmm. on the screen. Which, uh, if you've out- ever used like VR on your phone or something like that, where you can clearly see it without you know putting the thing on, that's pretty much what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, so um, it's interesting to see that. Now there is a photo here, and this is oh, it's in a different language, so I can't even. Can't even translate that unless someone wants to be able to translate it for me. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Now, no. I think VR this mode is, of some kind. This is pretty interesting. However, with the size and the shape of the switch, have you all imagined how that would actually be executed? Uh, executed. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then uh, on top of that as well too, the switch's screen refresh rate is it's sixty hertz, isn't it? Oh, I'm not. I, I don't think it's going to go higher. Let's see if we can find that real quick. Yeah, because no, that's actually some. Some people might be all like, "Oh, you're spoiled. Sixty hertz is fine." No, no, no. I'm for VR. You need something stable, and you need a high frame rate, like 140, 150 frames a second, and you need a higher refresh rate on your screen, or else you vomit. I'm not even joking on that. Yeah, I mean, I believe you. I haven't messed around. You've messed with VR a little bit more than I have, only mm-hmm. here and there. But yeah, like. Uh, I haven't found any definitive things really quick from a, a Google search, but I mean, things I'm reading that games cap out at 60 FPS. <clears throat> we haven't seen much go above that or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. And he, even so, I mean, a, a game can run at 150, 180 frames a second, but if your screen is 60 mm-hmm. hertz, that's 60 hertz that you're seeing. You're, you're yeah. only seeing 60 frames a second. Yeah, and my, it might still feel and look a little bit better, but you're not seeing a faster refresh rate right. in reality. Um, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's very interesting. You know, I don't, I don't. I think it's interesting to find something so blatant in the the system. I guess um, it's like they shipped this to an extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of odd. It's there, uh, but I can't see them doing it in the current model, or not without some crazy accessory that like. And even then, how is that going to work? You're going to have like your switch running up to a headset, maybe. Right. Like from the USB port. I guess we, a lot of VR already, you know, you're kind of caught up in all the cords and cables and everything. Right, right. So maybe it wouldn't be too weird. Maybe not. But, I mean, it's interesting. 
Uh, I, just, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to talk about with. They haven't demoed any games or anything like that, but the fact that this is usable, maybe we'll actually see some VR demos coming out of this. Quite possibly. We'll see. Next month on ModChat. Next month. <laughs> yeah. But this thing, we, we have the very last thing available for Switch. Which, this is kind of Switch related. So not, I mean, it's on the it Switch. Is. But it's, this is more. It's about the Switch, and it's about a Switch game that's exclusive to the Switch. It's true. But it's more about Splatoon 2. Which is on the Switch. Yes. Yeah. It is. But I think this is this isn't like a, a hardware level thing or an even like an OS level thing. This is all about the Switch game or Splatoon Two game itself. Absolutely. So we've talked about, and I don't remember. I don't know if it was our last one or the one before it. I feel like it was two matches ago. We talked about uh, some Splatoon hacking. I believe so. Um, so I don't think it was when MVG was on. But you know, we've seen some leaderboards where people were like, "Hey, Nintendo, fix, fix the cheat, <laughs> add anti-cheat or whatever that said." I can't remember exactly what that yeah. person at the top of leaderboards did. Please but... add anti-cheats. I believe that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. So I mean, people have made themselves pretty clear. We've uh, we've even like on here we discourage people like if you get into a game where you're on an unreleased map because that was happening to yeah get out get out. You know, if you're yeah. seeing some unreleased content and you know it. Get out. We talked about it several times yeah. on the show. Sad thing is, I don't play that game enough. Every once in a while, I'll jump in and everything's new. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're like, is this modded or not? Right, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think about it at all the last time I played. And then That's kind funny. of like, now I'm just like, I could have got myself so, caught up. Yeah, so the only people who are going to know it are people who like you know play it on the regular. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that uh, Splatoon works is kind of interesting, too, because you only have like two maps available uh, per um, kind of game type, whether it's like, you know, unranked or ranked. So you only have two maps that you're playing with at once anyway, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't know. Maybe that would be more obvious. I don't know if that would be more obvious. But anyways, um, it sounds like they have added at least some level of anti-cheat. Yeah. Now, um, you have a link here that I'm sure you'll post, like always. Yes. Yep. But um, I couldn't find a whole lot more than this. This seemed to be like the source of this basically was, everything. This is really about it. It's from someone who's at least trustable on here. But right. Yeah, so, so it's kind of we don't have like examples, we don't have like some like you know network traffic or anything juicy like that. Kind of taking it uh, at his word, but a lot of other uh, outlets have kind of reposted this and um, mm-hmm. seems to be trustworthy. But uh, you know, it's a pretty short message here. Nintendo has introduced integrity checks in Splatoon 2 since version 3.1.0. To be honest, I'm not sure what version we're on or when that came out. Right. But uh, you know, it's it sounds it's this wasn't a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known about this for several months, but I've kept silent about it since Nintendo did not seem to be actively banning people. Since since an independent researcher, Kangaroo from Splatoon Modding Hub, gotta check that side out. Yeah, dude. Has discovered this. I am now publishing this post. For Nintendo's sake, I won't be going into detail about how it works as of yet. It seems that bans are applied one day after the game flags you. Um, beware the game will flag you regardless if you use mod- mods online. Simply starting the game with edits is enough to flag you. It's very good to know. Be safe. Don't take your mods online. Yeah. Don't take your hacks online. Don't take, don't, don't take don't. your hacked switch online yeah. at all. Like It's the best thing to do. Um, he also mentions, or they also mention, um, the following activities are probably still safe. Model edits, music replacement, text mods, save edits, provided that you what you are doing can be considered as legitimate and more. Uh, note that above activities aren't guaranteed to be safe in the future. What do you think about that? Because so, those are some things that I was kind of surprised by. So I, I'll say th- this is funny, at least. that It looks like, if anything, they would be banning for sure for any... Uh, 
any type of scoreboards, game, you know, stuff, game manipulation game stats, of something like weapon that. modification, yes. like an unfair advantage. But if it's something that only you can playing experience, unreleased levels, yeah. But if it's something that only you can experience, then so, they don't seem to care as much. And I, sorry, I was just gonna say this before you come in, but I know um, there was a mod of. Mario Kart Wii that I played years ago. It's a Mario Kart Black, I believe that's what it's called, and it just completely reskins uh, a bunch of the characters. It renames a bunch of the characters. It reskins a ton of the levels. It adds in a whole lot of new music, and it was even mentioned on there that like the creator had not modded the way the game works itself, so mm-hmm. you could still play it online. That's why. So that was a fully modded game, but it was all cosmetic. That was it. Well, and as long as it was not game changing. You are safe, and that's what happened with a lot of Halo Two stuff. Um, interesting. It was interesting to like, especially when I was on Excellent Kai to like see what mods I was doing that actually affected other people and what didn't. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I was confirmed that like a lot of my model edits like people weren't seeing. It was yeah. running on my local machine, and that's it. However, stuff like when I was switching out the ammo and guns or making like a gun shoot out of flying warthog, yeah, everyone's going to be affected by that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably it. Um, but I would definitely be more safe than sorry, you know, if you feeling risky you know you might want to double think that absolutely um but it's good i think overall it's good to see them actually cracking down and stuff like this you know i'm, I'm proponent of you know it be, would be nice if they kind of limit it to online play only um i do like modding games and playing around with them. i think that can be really fun but i would rather them be on this side I've, than not having any anti oh i've always been a person to keep that shit offline yep yeah me too just keep it offline yep. yeah and if you do take it online do private servers, do private matches, do something that's not going to affect the public experience. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I also really liked about Excellent Kai. I think I've mentioned this before, but they actually had like dedicated servers for modding. Yeah. You know, and so there was just like here. So you knew what you were getting into. Yep. yep. Yeah. Here are the killing spree servers, and here is the modding servers. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny when I, I've heard a lot of people complain about, like, you know, the, the Call of Duty modded lobbies. Understandably so. I mean, I've complained about it as well. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was something I had, I think there was something I, I'd heard from someone else a while ago where at the beginning, you could, when it was all new, you could really you could impress people with anything. Like if you have just like text scrolling on your screen or if you have, you know, zero gravity in a lobby, everyone was just flipping out. But it got to the point where like, any, and still anyone can host. I don't know how bad it is now, but it got so bad at one point, like maybe with Modern Warfare 2, nearly every match you, it was yeah. getting a getting a regular non-modded lobby was like finding cold water in the yeah. desert it was right. so refreshing so amazing and it was to the point where it's like because it was so easy to bring mods online everyone was doing it people would get into your mod lobby that has 10 times the amount of stuff that original mod lobbies had and people weren't impressed in fact they were kind of annoyed they're like bruh seriously another challenge million xp no no gravity lobby like really mm-hmm. we would rather you just like do f-. and some of my friends actually did this they said that it got they got so annoyed with it to the point where they would go online with their modded consoles with force host and they would not do any mods. So they would force themselves to be host of the game and then not mod it. Just so mm-hmm. they could play stock Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Because all the mods would be like dependent on who was host. So it would only be those that person's mods. So multiple people in the lobby couldn't actually be like conflicting mods or anything like that. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't really played a whole lot of Call of Duty at that time, but I definitely heard similar things. And while it wasn't nearly as rampant, I had seen people modding online in Halo and uh, Return to Cath- Castle Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. So I know how it is, you know. Back then it was a little bit, uh, and I was younger, and it was a little, it was a lot more rare, actually. So it was a treat. But if, it's an, if that's an all-the-time occurrence, man. Yep. 
Too much of a good thing is bad. So. Your friends there are good people. <laughs> we try. We try. But, um, yeah, I mean, anti-cheat's good. Anti-cheat's good. I hope they keep it up. Let's hope so. Speaking of anti-cheat, not all related to it, actually. No. Now we're delving into some PS4 stuff as well. So. Now, I, I want to make a, a point real quick. Sure. So we talked about, just briefly, PSP on PS Vita. Was adrenaline, right? Yes, we did. So now we're talking about PSP, PSP on PS4, which we have talked about before. So we didn't talk about it to this extent because it's getting more and more research. And essentially, there is a PSP emulator on PS4. Any of the PSP remakes, so we'll just kind of recap this, but any like the PSP remakes, so for example, Parappa the Rappa, uh, Lokoroka 1 and 2, uh, Patapon mm-hmm. 1 and 2, I believe, uh, those are not ports. Those are PSP games that then the emulator, it grabs the ISO that's very specifically set up, and it loads it, and then it slipstreams in all the HD textures and um, the, the buttons and everything. By, by buttons, it's like, you know, they're mapped probably to the PS4 mm-hmm. controller. But it brings in the new assets is what I'm trying to say. So that's their own way of creating a remake port type thing. It's half emulation, half new assets. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, there is an emulator on there, which they haven't really been able to do too much with. However, there's been new information that was put out. So I'll go ahead and share this here once I get access on it. There we go. So this was by Mysis. He ended up releasing this information here. Uh, but he's saying, hi, so the PSP emulator on PS4 requires the boot.bin to have certain section names that it is scanning. Most of the binaries actually do contain them after decryption, but sometimes they are stripped. Luckily, the string table is still there, and Sony left the offsets of the header of the section header names intact. That means we can identify and restore them. Here's a script that can add those required if an empty if an empty entry is found. It'll create a new file. This will not magically make everything working. For that, you still need to identify why the emulator is crashing, but you can read dev slash clog. I took a uh, I took partial elf reading code from Flats, so kudos to him. Clog. I just read it out like that. I know it's K log, <laughs> but I wanted to say clog. I wanted to. Oh, I'm so, glad you did. So it, it seems like on here, further in the PSP emulator, because there's only a select like handful of games that work fully on this because they've been designed around it. And to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it is looking like the PSP emulator is looking for those strings. Like the IDs of those games, sure. That and it essentially whitelists. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, I I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly because it okay. says like they were, but sometimes they are stripped, which makes me believe that maybe all the games have these. And based on the ripping process, maybe it was like it didn't get caught, or it was like that's useless data. Possibly um, that kind of implies to me that it should be there from the beginning. If something's stripped, it should be there beforehand. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe they were talking about just the ones that were built for the PS4. I'm not totally sure. The big thing about this, though, is it does, like that said, it's not going to be a, a silver bullet, but it sounds like it can get to a place where it can perhaps boot to the point where you can actually get it to log out some stuff, and then you can you know, troubleshoot from there, hopefully trace down some things. Um, I, I get, I'm guessing without that header, it's just or that section of the header, it is just totally like doesn't you know no stop go possibly um 
I do, do wish pass go do not collect two hundred dollars. I do wish there was a couple, like a little bit more information on really like a little bit about this, but um, they did provide us a tool. There's even the source code here. It's written in Python, so it should be pretty easy to run um, on most systems, you know, as long as you're updated and have Python on it. So yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, we don't have a list of now like confirmed working games or anything like that necessarily. But aside, aside from the ones that Sony has put out, which right. again is like Patapon, Locoroco, and Parappa. Right. And technically, even in the, this article in particular, so correct me if you, you know, you know better. Uh, I, I have don't see any like, okay, we actually, we did get more games working. It is kind of like we're one really big step in the right direction. Yeah, they are. So. Yeah. It's a good sign. Does it mean progress for us? Not yet, but progress in the future? Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. right now it's still in the research phase. I think the next year or two we'll release you some cool stuff with it, but. Oh, gosh. Yeah. With how this year has been going. I know. It's going to be tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. The news cycle. Oh, I mean, it has, a, it has a way of, like, popping until, in some stuff as soon as we're done. Until until then, I'll at least um, I'll at least enjoy being able to play. P- if I want to play PSB games on TV, I have my DualShock 4 controller with my Vita TV and Adrenaline. So Yeah. Or your Vita if you just wanted to. Yeah, but this is, like, on a TV. I you know. know. I know. Yeah. I'm just trying to, like, circle back. No, no, no. I understand. I got you. <laughs> well, anyways, hopefully we'll see more on that next month. But for now, why don't you go ahead and take this one? Sure. I know Devin asked me about this like two minutes before we went live. He's like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And then I explained it to him. And we were you were getting a little bit heated about it. And I was like, cool off. Not because I don't want you to get mad, but because we should talk about this on stream here. Yeah. So I want you to express your feelings on it there. So Alazif. Uh, good friend, like so, someone we respect. I was gonna say friend of the show, but I'm like he doesn't know who I am. So well, and honestly, like <laughs> this is not someone I'm familiar with. Like uh, I'm familiar with him because I use his PS4 exploit tool right. every time I use my say, this is more than the, PS4. the PS4 scene. Yeah, 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 so yeah, before yeah. anyone jumps down my neck for being ignorant, I am. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> ignorant good. about and that, this, and that's why I'm here because right. I've rocked with the PS4 for a bit. So Alazif ended up making this. Well, he put out this tweet on the 13th of August. He was saying. When using the DNS, the DNS as in like the DNS web servers that are mm-hmm. available that you can load payloads from, expect this notification to pop up quite a few times in the next week or two. Fair warning before there are a bunch of names plastered on top of the DNS in an unclosable box for a while. Clickbait, personally misleading, fake GitHub, GitHub repos, and videos all apply. And here it says this, uh, if you load the site, do not trust YouTube videos as sources for new upcoming exploits. Any current video about 5.5x is fake. To those users uploading those videos, stop making new videos and delete your old videos or I'm naming names next update. Your fake videos eat up too much of my time explaining to others that you are full of shit. So another thing here, Devin, first of all, I do support this. I'm not making fun of it at all. But I noticed this is written at, you know, 11.07 p.m. I have a feeling that his main motivation for doing this, he has said, is that it's been he spent so much time having to tell a bunch of people because they will say, oh, there's a 5.55 exploit. And he says, no, there's not. And they're like, well, yes, there is because this YouTuber said so or this video is a thing. So he is just, I understand him. He's just sick of correcting people and telling people and telling them, no, those aren't true. And then them calling him a liar when he's at the forefront of some of the stuff here. So I understand where he's coming from. But to me, it looks like I feel like he had just one of those nights, or maybe he wasn't having the best day, and he came home, 
He decided to work on this in his spare time that he has. And he started dealing with this shit. And he just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing this. I feel like this is a, a bit of a move. I feel like this is something that he's probably thought up for a bit. But it was just kind of like the last straw. And it was just one night. It got him annoyed or mad enough or disgruntled enough where he said, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I don't know if that's the case, but I, I don't know. That's that's at least the vibe that I mm-hmm. get from it. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all, but especially someone who is an outsider coming to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, perhaps if you're in the middle of the scene and you're you, you know maybe have some emotional involvement, but like this just seems like not the right way to do it. And I'll tell you why it actually pisses me off a little bit. Not pisses me off. That's not the right word, but it's like a little bit like. I just, I don't, I mean, it's like, this is kind of dumb. So he has this thing and he's just, he's kind of making a threat. If you go to his GitHub repo, it's a data.json file. That's the real meat of it. And there's nothing in it yet, first of all. That's true. So, um, yeah, I expected was his GitHub repo called Fakes Exposed. I will actually say, and I understand that he's making a threat, kind of, and he's like, you know, I'll let you have, give you guys a chance to back off. Yeah. But I actually would have much preferred him to be like, Put this banner up. You guys are still being dumbasses. I have this useful data.json, not just an arbitrary text file that has like a flare because it's in JSON format, which news to everyone who doesn't know what JSON is, it's literally a way of representing like just data. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, a lot of like NoSQL databases like Mongo, they're based on JSON. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's nothing crazy technical. It's really just a way of representing a data object. Um, there's nothing in there. So I'm like, okay, what is this? Is this some like crazy Chrome extension that will like remove these people, these toxic people off the internet? They're like, no, this is kind of like a hide fedora. Maybe. I don't know. I never messed with it. So I'll get into that after this here. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, okay, this is, this is a weird threat with something that isn't actually useful. So if you don't create an extension for it, then you're basically just going to be going to the data JSON to like look for people and like, are they in this list? Like that's going to be a huge pain in the butt, not easily searchable. Um, it's could be way better done. Like create a little website. If you're this technically minded and make a search thing and make it so it's easy to just, I don't know. Like it could be done so many more effective ways. And now it's like, well, a weird I mean, threat. this is still very, very early in the process. Obviously there's not even names here, but yeah. So this is here. It's defined as a website dedicated to debunking fake information in the community initially aimed at the ps4 scene the goal is to allow newbies to the scene to identify users who post fake information there will be a browser extension to block the fakes content and redirect to their profile on the site thus depriving them of ep and views i understand and i understand the uh, attention behind it yeah but like this also just seems like now it's like come to me for all the real news like one source of information it's like that's kind of why we have like the internet too like the real shit like the, there there should be better ways of making the real shit float to the top and be able to make the other shit more discreditable whether that's where this stuff is hosted having these banners like i'm totally in favor of him having that banner you know i mean yeah. and there, there's i don't know there's just it's yeah. a weird it's so, i don't really like the idea of like come to me for all the information so because we're all right and you have to trust everything we do here's the thing though devin al azif he works with all the other devs all the other devs know him they trust him they're cool with him he's a trusted figurehead in the community and i know one thing that you brought up was what if someone accidentally gets on this list they're going to ensure that no one's going to accidentally get on the list. 
you're going to get on the list for, and it's not going to be like one random person saying something like on the internet. It's going to be, it seems like the people that would deserve to be on this list first are going to be YouTubers with 60, 70,000, 150,000 subscribers who are putting out fake clickbaity information like how to take jailbroken PS4 online or jailbreaking PS4 on 6.00 beta update, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I understand, and part of this, I'm sure you're just like helping the audience understand the scope of this, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I understand the intentions behind this 100%. Mm -hmm. I understand the reasons, and I understand who he's going after and why. But the whole come to me for non-fake news is like, I don't know if I like that. But this isn't going to be a news source either, and it's not going to be like there's like 200 people on it the first day. He even said in one of his tweets, uh, because people were asking like how many people are going to be on there, he's like, I can I can count on my on my fingers how many people are going to be on this list. Things change though. Like I don't know. Like with great power comes great responsibility. There's no way you can get around that. And I think that'll be the work of the community to do as well too. To kind of police and moderate that, but it, it, it's to the point where you know there's the main developers like QWERTY and all these people are being told that they're liars, that there are these exploits out there. Yeah, and but it's I, I I feel like, and and you're just gonna throw them on a list and then you're gonna call it. I mean, I just don't think it's actually gonna. We're not solving like root problems. Here. So this is a real big band aid. The reason why I think it can be successful is because so I had mentioned Hide Fedora by name. Now, a few years ago, were you on YouTube and like you would see whenever, it was essentially whenever a video would start going viral on the R video subreddit, you would go to the YouTube comments and there would be all these comments, like very one or two long paragraph comments by all these people who were wearing fedoras and it would be something like, yeah, I think this, uh, it was funny in a way too, but there was like one video where there was this mom who's like this dog who was playing with her puppies. And it was somebody who would say something like, yeah, I find this video terribly disturbing and utterly apprehensible and disturbing and all this stuff. And just like make all this fake criticism on the video and then sigh themselves off as moderator of atheism and all these other subreddits and Devin, it wasn't just one or two comments it'd be like because you know you, you go into a youtube video you look at the top comments and such but it's like the 20 top rated comments are all of this and it was just essentially it, it was they were called the reddit army and they were just trolling and rating all these videos and it was very organized where when a video would start getting huge it would get posted on reddit army reddit army within a symbol and they would get their accounts on there And it was to the point where somebody ended up creating an extension called Hide Fedora. And he said, this is the extension. You install it in your browser. And what we're doing is we take the user account that is on Google. And when we see that it's doing this Reddit army shit, we end up putting it into the blacklist here. So when you browse YouTube and you're watching videos with that extension, you cannot see those comments. Now, I was like you. I'm like, okay, there's how many users on YouTube there's like i myself for example i was like i'm not going to hide this i'm not going to use this extension because i need to see all the comments on my videos i can't be doing that i have to police my comment section i have to see what's going on if there's something that i have to remove i have to remove it i have to see all everything on there uh, fortunately or unfortunately within a few months dead completely dead I guess so. Here, it's not like it got millions of downloads either. It maybe got tens of thousands of downloads, but Reddit Army completely 
died yeah. because of this, which I was initially like you, and I was like, there's no way this is going to work. I guess, so here's my thing, and I, I'm trying to think of how to relate it to that, so maybe help me bridge the gap. But the people that are ignorantly finding these things are not going to have this extension. Those people are still going to be doing the things, they're still going to get all the search results, and they will still probably go to them, and then he's going to be like, download this extension to get rid of fake news, and he's still going to have to, like, <laughs> confront them. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. How it relates to the Reddit army thing, I don't know. It's kind of hard to compare because they're two very different situations, I guess. Because no one's going to this guy's website and getting the fake information. Well, a lot of people are when they're using that DNS extension. When they're putting the DNS on their PS4, so that way... Essentially, that means if you put his DNS on your PS4, every time you're going to boot up your PS4 and load up a jailbreak, which is required because it's a tethered jailbreak, every single time you drop a payload, you're going to see the warning. Sure. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's good. And that's why I think that would actually probably be way more effective than this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It just, it seems like a little bit, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. It seems a little bit weird to me. It seems like it won't be that effective. And it seems a little high and mighty. And I understand that there's like people behind it, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel, I can't help but feel like there are better, bigger ways that you can handle this problem. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, having, especially if it just retains, stays in data.json and there, if there's no extension that even comes out of it, because I think that was part of my frustration. It was, it was like, let me give this a shot. Let me go do this. Oh, you're just kind of blowing smoke right now. Okay. I don't doubt that this guy could come up with an extension, but you have, you know, you have drawn me in and then you have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. It would be nicer if you knew he was like, here's the and people, and here's in, why. And it's very much in development right, right. now. Here, so, here's the people. It's just an announcement. Here's why. Here's an extension. See how it changes your life. Maybe I would have given it a shot. Maybe I would have mm-hmm. been like a little bit more like, man, eh, it seems to be working well. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but like now I'm just like, okay, this just, you spun me in circles a couple times and I'm really not getting it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So uh, w- I want to kind of address some comments here as well too. When like uh, one person is saying, uh, yeah, you know, the best thing to do is ignore it. Creating extension like this feeds into the laughter. Ignoring it hasn't helped though. A lot of people ignore it. A lot of people are blocking these users. The problem is they're using platforms such as YouTube where, again, like the, these people, no joke, they could have 60, 70,000, 150,000 subscribers. So they have that. Because of the way YouTube works, you know, their channel's still growing and growing. They're still bringing in 50, 100 new people every single day. So ignoring it in this case really hasn't helped. Yes. So... Not discounting you, but I am curious. I mean, have we have you seen channels? Do you know if they actually have the audience this large? Or oh, yeah, is, hmm. yeah. Because again, they they bring people in with that bait. Sure, I just question like how can you get your channel that large and then drop shit like that? I feel like that would be very damaging for a channel, especially with one hundred fifty thousand subscribers. But I'm people sure it's possible. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would feel better if I saw some, like, numbers, like, these are the things that are affecting people. These videos have this many millions of views or something like that. I just, it seems, it's not that it seems childish, but it seems like this is the wrong move to me. I don't know. It's somewhere in that range. It's not, like, totally, like, childish. Like, he shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't, you know, it's not the right word, but I guess that's some, some closer to what, I guess other words might be coming to mind i don't know no i get that i think if this can be deployed successfully then it could help with that but we'll, we'll see when it actually comes out yeah i mean i'm off I, I i want the 
community be as good as possible, the least toxic as possible, the most informative as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just a repo of fake news contributors. Does <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? I you know a searchable spreadsheet seems more effective than that than me mm-hmm. to be honest in this current iteration yeah there's people by the way who are saying here too like you know paying for subs and not every su- subscriber is real mm-hmm. this is no this is native growth as well i feel like i've been on youtube enough i've grown out my channel i've seen this as well if people are paying for their subscribers paying for their views you see spikes in it you see spikes a ton of spikes if it's just natural progression which that's what a lot of these channels have, unless they have like, you know, a video that goes somewhat viral, then you'll see a spike, but then it will come back down. That's natural right there. That's not going to be, you know, just paying for a bunch of subs, what what have you on that. Yeah. So, oh, well. I hope we'll see what happens. One way or another, things get better. I hope so as well, too. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how we fight it. Either way, though, new console? new console oh okay yeah (laughs) it's like what new console but yes moving on um we're going back to nintendo land real quick um with the 3ds we are so it's been a while since we got an actual hot minute official os update too yeah from nintendo but we got one packing 11.8 and they didn't necessarily just do their little let's patch the most exposed hole real quick and call it good seems like they've brought a little bit more into this update yeah yeah. yeah, the the very first thing it did is it broke all custom firmwares. So custom firmware had to get updated. I believe there's only two supported custom firmwares right now that work. Which would be, I'm guessing... Luma 3DS, mm-hmm. and the other one is a fork of some kind, which isn't being updated, but it got updated for this. Yeah, interesting. I, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm familiar with the other one, but I, I was guessing uh, Luma was definitely... Mm-hmm on top of all that so yeah if you're as long as you're using luma you should be able to update that what you want to update your custom firmware before you actually perform correct the actual update yep um, luma is backwards compatible with the os versions so uh definitely do that then update uh you know like normal uh for a while now we've been able to update our system you know passively while custom firmware is running because it doesn't overwrite the parts of the os that we need most of the time i believe it was 11.4 made some changes hmm. because there's you can even tell when i like look on like the 3d shacks i love that but 3d shack subreddit actually took um, me forever to figure out what that <laughs> was. I, I was totally went way over my head <laughs> i don't know yeah no there is i'm just looking in here to see the supported firmwares and such so let's see rx tools that got well that stopped working after 11.2 so 11.2 was a big one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cake seemed to stop working after 11.4. And then things were good for a bit. For a long while. Yeah, yeah. But it was 11.8 that came out that ended up changing. So And honestly, I had gotten a little spoiled with updating my OS. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually given it more benefit than doubt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know. Yeah, because you, you you get comfortable. And by the way, the the other one that's been the the only other firmware that works right now is Ray Six, which mm. I had not heard of. I have heard of that. Until I looked it up, and I did not know anything about it. Uh, apparently, it's been discontinued. Uh, so really, stick with Luma as long as that's still being updated. You'll be good. I think it'll be but, good for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Aurora is definitely still on the scene, and I've uh, seen them pop up in a few other areas too. So I think that you know, as long as they have some more interest in the 3DS, um, 
think it'll be fine there, but it is a good reminder. Definitely, there's no real rush to get these updates, especially this late into the 3DS's life cycle. We're not going to get some really crazy groundbreaking features. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there oh, shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't be a big rush. It doesn't auto-update, so, um, you know, thank goodness. So uh, be, be patient with these updates. Definitely check the forums, check the subreddits, and make sure that your update is good to go, uh, even if you're running custom firmware. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about how... CDN? Yeah. Yeah. How all that worked? Yeah. No, that's a big change that yeah. we should talk about. Yeah. yeah. I think you... I, I get the general idea, but it seemed like you were a bit more on top of the technical side. So if you want to take it away... I guess so on that. So <laughs> in, in very short thing is now free shop and any type of other third-party CDN downloaders uh, as a content delivery network for Nintendo do not work. Mm-hmm. Those have been killed off as of 11.8. There's been new, it seems like there's new server-side checks, but on top of that, then the, not the full switch anti-piracy implementation we've talked about to perfectly detect what's real, what's fake, what's been pirated, where it was sourced and such. Part of that has been backported over Mm -hmm. to the 3DS and is in 11.8. And the main damning thing with that is... You cannot use any of the third-party downloaders. So again, mm-hmm. if you have um, some of them on PC, you can't use them. If you end up having a free shop, you can't use that either. And I think it's even been shown that even if you essentially use your console certificate and get onto the a third-party downloader, you can really only get what you have actually paid for. And then on top of that, if you make any malformed requests... It's going to be really easy to ban you as mm-hmm. well, too. Right. It's all going to be in their history. Yeah. And their logs and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing that maybe you can provide a little bit of clarity on, because I had misread a couple things, or maybe there was a bit of misinformation in the beginning uh, when this first dropped, but I thought that if you had already downloaded a game using these third-party downloaders, such as Free Shop, that like that game was at risk of getting your console banned or something like that already existing on your 3DS. Um, you know, whether you went online or whatever, like just having that already on there. I think that's not the case. That's I, not the case. No, the, so. the only thing that would really get you in trouble and uh, trouble as in getting banned is if you are playing a title online early. Right. Yeah. Right. So they're not, um, like, I think that's part of where like it's, it has a little bit of difference between the switch, right? The switch is a little bit more aggressive on checking for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as we know, if you already have stuff installed on your console, you shouldn't have a whole lot to worry about. But don't go trying to download from the CDN. <laughs> I know we had well, talked. Well, you can't. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, right. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even. That's what I'm saying. Don't go try. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not even worth like, oh, yep, confirmed. It doesn't work. It's like, don't get yourself on that list. Exactly. Um, I know we have talked about this in the past. Um, and <laughs> I, I think we were both pretty much on the same page. Like, yeah. I think that downloading straight from Nintendo anyway is like one of the dirtiest things that oh, you yeah. can do. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never felt that great about it to begin with. So, like, I don't know. This is kind of one of those things, like, I'm on board with it. Like, if you're going to, yeah. like, if you're going to pirate stuff, like, at least put it. Go, go little, to the plug sites. You're yeah, saying. at least yeah. put in a little bit of effort. Yeah, but if, like, you're, if, if you're going to pirate, like, go to the pirate sites. Well, that, and, and that takes s- several layer, layers, right? You have someone who has to rip the game. First of all, you have to have someone who gets the game legally. Yeah. If you if you take out the CDN stuff, you know, getting straight from the content delivery networks, mm-hmm. um, you're having to purchase the game. Yeah. Then you're ripping the game, and then you're distributing it, 
uh, and then you're risking going to download it. I mean, there's several more layers, and for some reason that makes me feel better because I think it requires a little bit more competency. So get this. I, I, I had a friend, and I called him out on this, and he deadass was saying that he didn't pirate because he was getting his games from Nintendo CDN. <sighs> yeah, no, it was really funny because like we, <laughs> it was myself and some other people were having a discussion about it, and he was just like, "Guys, I actually don't really pirate anymore. Like, I, How did I you know, <laughs> I use these. He's like, I use these streaming services for my movies. Oh um, my I have gosh. to buy my Xbox One games. I get my games for my 3DS and Wii U from my from Nintendo. And I was like, <laughs> dude, just because I, I was like, I know for a fact your consoles are modded." And just because you're getting them from Nintendo doesn't make it any better. And so, he, it wasn't like he tried to debate with me. He kind of laughed. He's like, okay, yeah, you got me. You got me. Yeah, it's like saying, <laughs> hey, I've hacked into Sony servers, and I am getting all their movies for free. They're out already. It's okay. It's not pirating. They're available. But I've hacked straight into their servers. I mean, that's hacking. You know, that's a loose term, but I think it could apply here. You know what I mean? You're literally hack- hacking into their servers when you're doing this stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you're using a service to, you know, get a purchase ticket, load it onto oh. whatever device you're using, yep. and, and then I, end up getting the download because you are proving that you own the game. Right. And I definitely subscribe to hear the more of the hacker term of like cleverly coding and kind of breaking the rules a little bit if you will there's not as much cracking going on there's no like encryption breaking or at least they're you know the methods what we were using before you know it, it was actually pretty simple and it was kind of stupid like when it all came out open it was like are you serious nintendo like really it's this easy <laughs> so um you know I, yeah. I i think the funny thing is they made this change so late into the system's yeah. life cycle well i'm guessing you know there was probably some management meeting like hey now that the Switch is out on the market and that all this hacking stuff is coming out, they're like, this is working really freaking well. This was a great idea. It's tried and true. It's proven now. How can we get some of that on the 3DS just to save? Because they're still so investing. They're still releasing They are. Games. They are. But I'm sure there's also people who are just sitting there like looking like this. And there's like... Hey, you know how management goes sometimes. No, but they're just sitting there. And they're like, this is so great. And this... Wait a minute. You're telling me this console has been out since 2011. And we're implementing this now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, but yeah, the true. 3DS is still selling. In fact, I have two coworkers that, that, like, about two weeks ago, same weekend, they both got new 2DS XLs per nice. my recommendation. Very nice. Yeah, because they were looking for some consoles, and I was like, actually, if you're looking for one, like, do you care about 3D? No, get the new 2DS XL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Then um, per my recommendation, too, they also modded them. Hmm. <laughs> Hopefully they didn't brick their console. <laughs> I, no, they didn't. One person, I thought it was funny because he he hit me up. He's like, yo, dude, so last night I started modding my 3DS and I had to stop. I was like, wait, why? He's like, it got to the SD card part. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? He's like, I never really used SD cards. Like, I didn't have a reader. I didn't like, I never had a reason to use <laughs> SD cards until yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, that's essential when you're hacking. Gotta yeah. have a lot of readers. <laughs> exactly. A lot of SD cards and a lot of readers. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Dang. So, um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense that they're kind of keeping up on this. It is amazing. It, it, this should have happened a while ago. This should have. Nintendo should have used the 3DS as a test bed for this, in, in these enhanced security improvements, right? They really right? should have, yeah. But to their credit, they were probably all in on Switch. They were really hyper-focused on that. Fresh start. So, you know, I don't think this is a terrible thing. Um, I think it's, it's good. It's, you know, the appropriate thing to do. Uh... Keep it up, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I like to hack around and play with your stuff, I, you know, they're, they're pick your battles and know where, like, some things are more important. Yeah. 
Uh, do want to just point out because we did mention it real quick. Wii U. I've not heard anything about the Wii U. There's no been OS updates or anything like that. You know. Oh yeah. We haven't really heard is anything dead. about it. Is dead, Devin. Is well, dead. Well, I mean, we'll see. Is you know, dead. I wouldn't. I guess this sets. <laughs> what I'm saying is this sets the precedent. Maybe we could see a Wii U thing, depending on how easy that is. Because I think a lot of the CDN stuff <clears throat> worked the same between the two consoles, right? Uh, the Wii U. Yeah. Had, I think the Wii U is definitely more dead. Than the 3DS, it's deader. It's it's deader. You can at least go and have you have multiple options to buy multiple, three brand new 3DS systems. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Wii U? Like people, like when when the Switch was announced, like the Wii U was being discontinued. People couldn't find Wii U's, and it wasn't because they were selling out. It's because Nintendo was actually requesting, not manufacturers, but they were requesting businesses to send their Wii U's back. They're just like we're just gonna forget about just. It never happened. You finally get one, you unbox it brand new, and it already has dust on it. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, so, don't, don't you realize when they got like all the brand new Wii U boxes back, they recycled those to make the Labo? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. There was a whole lot of Labos that they were able to make. Yeah. A whole lot. I still need to give that a try. It looks it's cool. so fun. Man. I don't own one. My, I, my brothers have both the first two sets, and nice. they're really cool. That would be a sweet, a sweet gift. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Mm, ideas, ideas. Hopefully, certain people aren't watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, th- I think we've made ourselves clear on uh, all of that. Yeah. So, should feel like moving on. Yeah. So, new console. Wow. Uh, not a new console, but uh, you good? Oh, okay. Never mind. I think we we okay. I was on to the next tweet, and I didn't realize it was part of the last thing. Oh, uh, so oh, good. You just got a little famous on Twitter by getting a shout out, oh. or not a shout out, but a, a, a reply from uh, Wii U celebrity, or I guess hack celebrity. Oh, Plylect, oh. Plylect. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, which if you wanted to see that, I'm sure we're going to put all this in the description and stuff like usual. There is a 3D brew kind of article that has a little bit more detail on some of these changes at a low level. Mm-hmm. So, sure, it'll be easy to find. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, let's move on to a new console. New console. Um, I can go ahead and take this one if you're cool. Oh, with that. please do. Yeah. So this is pretty cool. It's definitely got uh, the developer and me kind of jazzed up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. PlayStation Two. The PlayStation Java. 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 So uh, I did think of you when I saw this. Yeah, thing. I'm a Java developer. You know, I don't have like, I'm, I'm not a diehard Java guy, but it is like kind of the programming language that i have the most experience with mm-hmm. uh, it's what i use at a my day job it's what i de- <clears throat> develop it on a regular basis sorry guys um and this is really interesting and it actually kind of they did it in a way that was really peculiar to me okay. so one of the biggest benefits of java is actually the jvm the java virtual machine yeah, yeah, yeah. and what that allows people to do is basically uh people develop the java virtual machine the jvm for whatever platform you're running on and that makes it so that you can use that same Java code on anything without having to recompile your Java code or anything like that. Sure. This is one of the big selling points of Java back in the day, portable code. You know, it's easy. Like you write a JVM for an embedded system and you can just write Java on your computer, throw that on a VCR or TiVo or whatever, and you're up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big, big benefit of Java. Now, Java has evolved a lot over the years. Um, it's got a lot of updates and it's still evolving quite a bit uh, at an enterprise level. Yeah. So, and I don't know what version of Java they're using here. I couldn't quite figure that out, though. I'm sure if you dug into some source code, you could. Um, yeah. They're using Java here because apparently they really like Java, but it doesn't use the JVM at all. Interesting. 
Right. They just wanted to do a proof of concept, put Java on a PS2. Well, and what is really interesting is uh, the uh, they actually wrote... So Java Grinder yeah. is kind of the project that's behind this. Okay. Um, it's actually a disassembler. Oh. So what it does, instead of like, we're taking compiled pre-compiled Java code, putting it on a JVM and running, okay? It's taking already compiled Java code... And disassembling it to run it? And reassembling it into assembly code. Oh, okay. So essentially converting it in a yeah. way. But here, yeah, use the technical term. Right. Now, that seems like a little bit of overkill in a way, but it actually, you know, if you're really wanting to use Java, if you're a diehard Java guy, I could probably argue there's other languages that are good for this, which is why stuff like this isn't usually coded in Java. But, right. I mean, it does open doors for other developers. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting that they took Java and took out one of the biggest benefits to it in a way however that being said anytime you run a virtual machine you're going to have immediate overhead and that's actually a big complaint about people that uh don't like java it's like hey i can get way more performance out of something like go or c or raw c uh, because you're not having to worry about this virtual machine layer right on top in between and on the ps2 i'm sure that would take a heavy hit um, especially with just lack of optimizations yeah. that a lot of this hacky stuff comes with. Um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. One other thing that I'd like to point out, which maybe you uh, don't know as much about or haven't thought as much about, so Java Grinder was actually written in C++. I did see that on here. Not Java. Interesting. And a lot of times, so like maybe you don't know this, but like... So the disassembler here was coded in C++. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. And then uh, it works with Java code. But a lot of times... When you're messing with stuff like this, like it's a good, I don't want to call it proof of concept. I'm not sure what the right word is. I bet you if I, I heard a phrase, I would be like, yeah, that's it. But like Java, the Java compiler is compiled in Java. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, there's lots Java of stuff C. like that. Like build tools, like there, you know, there's build tools out there for like stuff like Java, like, uh, you know, there's Maven and Gradle and stuff like that. I know someone who worked at Gradle. Uh, so Gradle is like a build tool for Java and Gradle is built with Gradle. Like, originally it was not. The very first time it was not, mm-hmm. right? But after that first compile, once you build a working compiler, then you work to build your thing on that thing. So I did find it, thought it was kind of interesting that the, it's like you're all over the place here, right? Mm-hmm. You've got, you wrote C++ to make this app that disassembles Java and then converts it to assembly language. That like, is dope. It is crazy. <laughs> um, that being said, all the technical stuff aside, um, it's pretty cool. They had some 3D demos running, and I was honestly very impressed because yeah. this person mentioned, like, yeah, I've never really done any 3D programming, but I made all this really trippy artwork with all these weird different psychedelic and looking he things. he made it, like, all in paint, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I except for, like, one or two pieces, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, like, the images, the textures that he, like, put on there, and they weren't, like, crazy complicated. They're solid colors and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, like, it's wild. Like, yeah. the, the technical nerd in me is just like, this is awesome. Again, one of those things like this I'm, is, this I'm, is truly one of those things where it's like, yeah, is this is this going to be useful? No. So why did you well, do it? Because I wanted to. True. And this was a and he did mention like right here. There's a quote. This project ended up being a bigger pro. This ended up being a bigger project than I thought it would. The system itself is actually pretty simple. Yada yada. yada. So I'm pretty sure this was one of those things where it's just like, can I do this? And I started here, and you know, however many months, maybe even years later, it's like, oh. Well, now we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, will it be used? I don't want to say it won't actually be because Java is a much, much, much easier language to get into than C++ That's or true. a lot of these other things, which I think I, w- I would say a l- most of this stuff is probably coded in C++ unless you're using an interpreter like Lua. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just 
a very good tried and true thing. You know, it's compiled to bare metal. Um, it's already compiled to assembly language, essentially. Um, so you're kind of moving that step, but Java is a pretty easy language to get into. A lot of people know it already, so that just opens up the doors for people who just already have that technical expertise. Yeah. Um, one thing is though, that Java definitely like can change a decent amount between the versions, so I really wish they would have like highlighted what version of Java they were using. That would have been nice to see. Let, mm-hmm. let me even see if it's available on his on his website here. There are definitely like, like a number of massive improvements to like from like even Java six to Java seven to Java eight and Java nine and now Java ten. So mm-hmm. uh, there there are some pretty big improvements that would uh, be. They're not breaking changes going forward all the time. There are some, um, but they would. They're not backwards compatible. Yeah, and I, I just did a quick control F for version, and I can't find a version number that he did, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe like. Dang, that would have been nice. Yeah, but. I mean, it just it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Especially like most of Java stuff is like uh, backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, yeah. So if you like, if you coded in Java five or Java six, which people who know java are probably cringing right now like oh, don't make me do that <laughs> um you know you know i think you'd be safe yeah so pretty cool if this is something that you've been looking for hop on that ps2 boot it back up and run some java absolutely <laughs> the 3d stuff looked pretty decent yeah it did it truly did yeah so we hadn't talked about that beforehand but yeah no I rock with it. That's definitely something. I love seeing projects like that. Yeah. This is probably the one I spent the most time digging into and kind of just poking around and mm-hmm. getting geeked up about in a way that I wasn't expecting. Kind of blends my two no, that's know, passions perfect. with, I mean, I guess they already bleed over, but development and kind of this modding stuff. Mm-hmm. So, we I have, know you have, we have talked about this and you have a little bit of experience with this. I guess. I guess more than me. Yeah. So. Yeah. We have last article. Last, last article, thing, yeah. Last thing we're going to be talking with, and good, because we have, this episode has been going on for a while. And it's been a good show. Yeah, it has been. It's flown by. For sure. But yeah, no, this is the very last thing that we're going to be talking about here. So, essentially, we got some more GTA 5 lawyer news here, and the last time we discussed something like this, it was with Crow Mods, where Chrome Mods, he made mm. Grand Theft Auto 5 Fucker. Yep. He made a few other tools. Uh, he was known in the community years ago, and he kind of just stopped and disappeared. And the thing that came up with that was uh, he was hit by Rockstar, and they said, we're not going to sue you as long as you fix up, help us fix our stuff and promise to never touch this again. Mm-hmm. He signed a contract. Mm-hmm. He violated it because mm-hmm. he said after about a year, he started working on Grand Theft Auto 5 again, and he just passed his code off to onto other people. And right. he had other people take credit for his stuff. Right. Well, there is a video where, because the case is still going on, allegedly, it was him in this video, he admitted that he had been reversing Grand Theft Auto V, and he'd been doing all this, and he was just having other people take credit. I believe we had quotes of some kind. Maybe it was something we else. We did, yeah. It was, it, was, it was the conversation he had with the person mm-hmm. who uploaded the video. Yeah, we talked about that, even that bit on the We We show. did, yeah, yeah. And so he's... He's actually being sued now because he violated the agreement that he had with Rockstar. Now, I don't remember. Is, do you remember where that last time we talked about that, where that left off? Because I thought I thought that was... I haven't stayed up to date with the case, no. I thought that's what was happening. So maybe, I don't know. This isn't just it. 
I guess maybe this is just progressing in a different way. Yeah. But right here, this is a uh, this is an article from a few days ago. This is U.S. Judge Blocks Programs Link Grand Theft Auto 5 Players Cheat. So I'll just go ahead and go into this here. This is all, of course, about Grand Theft Auto. But let's see. There, <laughs> there's there been a injunction to stop a George man from selling programs that helps its players cheat at its best-selling video game. And here we go. Take-Two had accused David Zipperer of selling, and that, that's that's what his name is, Zipperer. Yeah, of selling computer <laughs> programs called Minio and Absolute that let users of Grand Theft Auto V multiplayer feature Grand Theft Auto Online cheat by altering the game for their own benefit or griefing other players by altering their gameplay without permission. U.S. District Judge Lewis Stanton in Manhattan said Take-Two was likely to show that Zipper infringed its Grand Theft Auto V copyright and that his programs would cause irreparable harm to its sales and reputations by discouraging users from buying its video games. Stratton said, uh, also said an injunction would serve the public interest by encouraging Take-Two to invest more in video games and the appropriate because of the high risk that Zipper, who claimed to be unemployed, could not afford damages. The judge dismissed an unfair competition claim against Zipper, who according to court papers lives in Ella Bell, Georgia, west of Savannah. And Zipper's lawyer could not be, he, he could not be reached. And they're saying the New York-based company has lost at least $500,000 because of Zipper's programs, according to its March 23rd complaint. So that's it right there. The case is Take-Two Interactive Software Incorporated versus Zipper, U.S. District Court, Southern District of New York, number 18-02608. So this seems to be... They seem to be going after this guy mainly because he's been selling these tools that are not only... It's been stuff that, for example, like Chrome Mods, what we had discussed before, his tool was really fucking up the game. It was messing with it. You could even say, you know, people like Rockstar could have been losing potential sales because... Not because of the game. I personally don't believe that people aren't going to buy the game because it's being modded. It's more he was doing, you know, money drops and all that. So people don't have to buy shark cards and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Um, well, main- I don't, so I don't know. I mean, so, I think Grand Theft Auto V is a particular game where I, I've been in modded lobbies and it's it can be maybe more fun than some of that. But I mean, like, even it, talked about like Modern Warfare 2 and how discouraging... Like, people that just want to legitimately play the game. Right, right. I mean, that could literally discourage people from... But this is... Devin, this is different because there's in-game transactions that you can pay for. Modern Warfare 2 didn't have that True. stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, but no, in regards to this, um, I'm kind of citing the Chrome thing that we had talked about. Chrome's tools, they, it, even what he did, it wasn't just innocent playing around with the game. If people are like, oh, no, he was just playing video games. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He's deleted these videos, but... I said in the previous mod chat where we brought this up, and I'll say it here too, if you saw his videos before they were deleted, he was like whenever Rockstar themselves would have guests on stream and they would be doing streams on their Rockstar Games account, he was going into those streams and disrupting them and messing with it. So he was actually fucking with their business, fucking with their PR, doing Mm -hmm. all that. That's why they went after him. Here, it doesn't look like this user has been doing it. I personally haven't heard of either of these tools, so I don't know if anyone in the comment section can go in a bit more on this. But it seems like they would be more... They're going more after him because they're claiming lost sales, but on top of that, this was a tool that... These were tools that he was making money off of. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, it sounds like you're on the side of the judge on this one. I don't know. Anytime some I, of this legal stuff comes in, I get really, you know what I mean? 
like one thing leads to the next, one thing leads to the next, one thing leads to the next. So it's like, ah, uh, like I don't think it's a good thing, mm-hmm. but it's really hard for me to say whether I think this is the appropriate action to take. I don't see now. Here, here's the thing: we also don't know the full story on this now. I, I want to say I'm not with the judge on this. I personally, I don't agree with things like this being sold and such. I think something like this should be, you know, put like, don't be making money off this. Don't be causing a major disruption. But when it comes down to it all, like, I don't know if this guy had gotten cease and desist letters before. And if he, mm-hmm. like, if he got like a cease and desist and he still kept going, then this would be different. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, with the Chrome case, when Rockstar came after him, they told him, hey, help us fix our stuff. Stop the shit now. Sign these papers. I, I, I think that's respectable mm-hmm. enough. They're suing him because he violated that agreement. Yep. Yeah, but with this, I don't know if they had sent him cease and desist before or what was going on, but I think the reason why they're really going after him specifically is because of the business aspect of it. Yeah. Not that they're necessarily losing sales, but because he was monetizing this. And I agree, yeah. I, I And I, I think I think does, does tread into the territory of being more legitimate to take a legal action against. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I guess that's, I don't know, that's where I have I have trouble because I still feel like that could be used as like, you know, precedents are set and precedents are used all the time in court, right? Like, uh, I guess I have a fine line maybe of where I think that it's stuff like this is okay and stuff like this is not. Mm-hmm. You know, banning people is one thing, protecting your thing by like, you know, not letting and, people get online or cheat. That's one thing, but like, yeah, legal action does... And it's and Rockstar's no stranger to this either. I know they've shut down other projects and one of them, um, I don't remember what it was called, but there was there's a Grand Theft Auto modding tool, just a general Grand Theft Auto modding tool, and the person who created it ended up getting a legal letter against him from Take Two Interactive. And this is uh, over a year ago, but this ended up causing a large uproar because it was specifically, it was designed to mod the game, but it was specifically designed to not touch any multiplayer stuff. You couldn't take this online. Uh, It was mainly for messing around, fucking around with the game offline, doing single player stuff, but even a lot of machinima based stuff as well too. But on top of that, the, the real slap in the face was that Rockstar had openly and willingly promoted a ton of content that was created using this tool. So Rockstar and Take-Two are different companies, and that's where there was the disconnect. And Rockstar had come out and said, they're just like, guys, we're working on this. Like, we did not issue these takedown notices. That was Take-Two, our parent company. We don't want anyone to stop modding this game. Like, don't take it online. Don't fuck around with GTA Online. But we're not trying to discourage modding. And they ended up reversing those damages and such. And it was just kind of... That that situation was a situation of the right hand not talking to the left hand. But they got in sync. They retracted whatever legal things had happened. The programs were able to go back online because there was a clear understanding of, no, the developers are okay with this. This is not at all hurting the environment. Mm -hmm. You can mod your stuff single player. That's fine. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I think me Open and you... Open 4, that's what it's called. Thank you, James. Open yes. 4. I think that's where me and you align pretty well, though, too, right? Is, like, keep it offline. Like, yeah. if you're not hurting anyone... Yeah. You know, this is, like... This is victimless, right? Yeah. You're just playing offline by yourself. It's great. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot more on this matter. I think we covered it pretty well. Mm-hmm. If you have any final words, go no, for it. But I'm good on that. Yeah, I know I kind of cited like three different cases all in yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's good. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, that's why I mentioned precedent, right? I think like relating these things and like keeping mm-hmm. whole perspective in and not 
reacting based off emotion yeah. and fear is important. Yeah, because and the reason why I brought up that last case is because like I I, I want to put out there that Rockstar and Take Two like yes they they did fuck up with that but they reversed it and they have made it painfully clear mm-hmm. they are okay with single player custom user generated content and modifications. They did mess up with Open Four. That was their bad. They took it back. So if you're modding your game offline, they're really not going to care about that. Mm-hmm. But we've even seen it with, uh, I think there's been, there haven't been court cases on this, but there's been other monetized Grand Theft Auto modding services that have also been taken down by Rockstar themselves. So they don't want people selling online modding services is the thing. I can agree. Mod Shop, thank you for the $5 donation. Very much appreciated. But not, dude always comes through. I know. It's incredibly appreciated, man. And we honestly, your like presence here all the time, your, you know, help and positivity in there is more than worth the $5, but it's so appreciated. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it genuinely feels like really, really good to have some like fans out there that, you know, not only are in the chat, but we hear from you on Twitter and whatnot. Um, we, you know, talk in and out of things here and there it's, it's great to have this kind of community and like i mean as someone coming into this you know what i mean this has yeah. been your baby for a long time and i guess i've been on the podcast for you, you know what this is one thing Devin. i didn't i didn't put this uh, on the list but seeing this here just prompted me for it and this is by the way this this is not a payola thing this is not <laughs> i'm not getting paid to promote this but this just jogged my memory and i do want to give uh, mod shop a shout out on this here all right, let me, hold on, let me not spoil it yet. Let me not Jeez. spoil it yet. Sorry, one last thing on here. ModShop himself ended up making this thing called the SD Tool NX, which, in case you don't know, Devin, the NAND chip can just be unplugged on mm. the uh, on the Switch. Cool. So this guy, I guess he's made uh, a four gigabyte, like, Corona reading SD kit before, he looks like he pretty much did the same thing, but adapted to the switch. So as you can see, it's this SD card looking thing. It has a plug on the other side and there's your switch NAND. You take it out of your switch, you plug it in. I've got discoloration. Oh, from my angle. bad. Yeah. I'll have Sorry. to put it, I'll have to put it up. But yeah, no, you just do that. And then you can plug it into an SD card reader. And you wow. can dump your NAND and write to your NAND and manipulate it that Dang, way. That is sweet. That yeah. seems like a huge... Maybe it's easy for uh, Nintendo to work on them like that, I guess. I guess so. But dang, that seems I guess. crazy. Yeah. Well. So yeah, shout out Mod Shop on that Yeah, one. Mod Shop's awesome. I mean, I've heard great things. I've seen great things. And I, obviously, the donations are more than enough. For sure. Definitely not a paid promo, he says. It's not even for sale. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, i really hope he does put them for sale though that'd be cool to see yeah no that donation is just out of the good from his heart and it's really appreciated yeah thank you man very much appreciated so that being said that being said should we go ahead and transition to the end of the show yes yeah so and this is not the end the end it is not the end before everyone goes right but we've got people in here talking. We've got good people. I see familiar faces. Some good vibes. Good vibes all around. Yeah. Um, I didn't even see a whole lot of like mucking around in the the chat. Same. And like the, the the little bits I saw, like the moderators handled it pretty well. So thank you. Yeah. I found it funny though that we had that PS4 jailbreak, like the the, the PS4 clickbait article type thing. Yeah. And there was like five people who came in asking about. Can PS4 latest firmware be jailbroken, please? Doesn't help my case, but... 
Um, I will say, though, it seemed like a majority of chat did agree with you on your side, where they didn't want one collective being policing the fake I think news. I was too in, I'll have to go back and read, because I was too into the conversation. No, and, and, that's, tuned out. and that's fine, because it, it makes for a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, 30 seconds behind, so we're sorry if we're kind of stalling here while you're like, my question's right there <laughs> but feel free to send stuff in we'll get it to it hopefully within like 30 seconds or absolutely a little bit longer if we get caught up yeah so when it comes to this part of the show we normally spend about 20 30 minutes or so answering questions that people might have that you drop here in the uh, in the comment section live if you're watching or listening to the post live version of this uh Sorry that we're not going to be able to edit, answer your stuff right now, but come out to a live show and we'll answer some of your stuff if we're able to. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> I do want to make just one comment. It's not a question. Uh, sure. Dentron, Dentron sure. Uh, has said, why does it seem like Nintendo takes one step forward and two steps back? Certs are in, but a removable NAND chip. It's like, yeah, that is a little interesting. Especially because thinking about it too, like, wouldn't a removable NAND chip like that be more expensive per unit to produce as opposed to a NAND chip on the board? Yeah, I would think so. They would have to, yeah. yeah. I would think so. I don't know. Thank a, you for the $1 donation. Agreed. I was waiting for the segue out of that, <laughs> but it is very, very much appreciated. I don't know. Have you seen Nick in the live chat before? Um, I'm sorry, it's not coming to mind. Yeah, I think it's a little bit unfamiliar. I'm sorry if that you've been in there yeah. before, but if you're a new face, you're definitely much, much appreciated. Glad to have you in the live chat. I, I think the thing is, too, with a lot of content creation, one thing you also have to remember is you have a lot of, Jesus Christ, Scuba, Scuba Steinglass, Steingas. $1. Thank you for that, we're, too. We're not a Steingas. Steingas. He donated. Get Steingas. His, his or her name right. Yeah, Steingas. My bad. Thank you yeah. to you both. Yeah. That is awesome. But yeah, no, that, that that's one thing with it. Um, I was going to say with content creation, you have to remember that you have a lot of silent fans. That's true. You have a and lot of people that will be fans of your work and they might tune in for every single video and they will never comment. Well, and like we've talked, I was never like a hardcore uh, watcher of yours, but like I think I was pretty dang silent. Like the first time we actually talked was over like DMs instead of like it was, Yeah, YouTube you sent comments. me a message the first, and I'd never seen your username. I'm right. Like, yeah, but like so. I had been a fan and you know what I mean? It was just like, Hey, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. sup, dude? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so thank you both so, so, so much for not only coming to the live chat, but donating. Come back to the live chat. You don't have to give us money every time. But oh, no. if you do, like my chat over here, you crazy, it'll the, it, the appreciation will never slow down. For I sure. can promise you that. For sure. So let's go ahead and grab some of the questions and, here. So, oh, wait. You, wait, you, you, you do have one more thing. I mean, yes. I don't know if you for, care about sharing, for, but this money does go to good use, too. It does. You have done... An incredible job well, on thank you. keeping up with like just upgrading our equipment here. I've tried, I've tried. I know, I know it looks silly that we're still doing this over Google Hangouts, but it's like so. J- just a little bit of an update for anybody that hasn't known. So you know, obviously after I moved, I ended up dropping like four hundred dollars on this mic setup with everything. No joke. Um, I did have the camera was a sunk cost, but uh, I'm now using a GoPro Hero Four mm-hmm. because I have a cam link right here. I end up getting an Elgato cam link, <laughs> so that's why if the stream looks a little bit better, that's why. Uh, and I also ended up buying a lighting kit as well too to mm-hmm. boost the lights a little bit. So yeah. So literally since the last time we streamed. We've got some improvements. This year, I've dropped like $600 and into that's hardware for the show because incredible. I want it to be better. Incredible. And Brennan. Brennan, $2. Dotry, thank you. Dotry, I hope I get your last name right <laughs> because it is so much appreciated and I do not want to disrespect people that give me the monies. I never disrespect people that give me the monies. disrespect. Yeah. One thing the money should go towards, though, and I was telling Dave, it, like, Devin this, we need a bigger table. Yeah. By the way, guys, I don't eat at this table. I use this to put stuff on and for mod chat. Yeah. <laughs> 
and we've talked about this a little too. We've had to play like a little bit of Tetris to get things. Oh yeah, fitted really, yeah, really that's well. That's why I told Devin, I'm like, dude, I want like we should do it. Like, ideally, we should have a table big enough where we're both going to be like on the same side here, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to talk and just have the camera in front of us instead of at this angle. I think yeah. that'd be better. Yeah, but in the future, I mean, make lemons with lemonade. Sure, but yeah, Brennan, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's great to have you in the chat. You know, feel free, you guys that are donating. If you have any questions, this is the time to yeah. fire them off. Now, there are several questions that have been dropping. So you want to take some? Uh, you go ahead and take the first one because I've been just too hyped. All right. Any thoughts on Steam's new compatibility layer for Linux? Oh, yes. Yes, I have a little I'm bit. I'm so happy you have thoughts on that because yes. I don't. So it's really interesting. So I'm tapping out. <laughs> so um, I, I don't have like a ton. Uh, like a really deep knowledge, but essentially uh, there's this thing that's existed on Linux called Wine uh, for quite a long time. It's actually like 20 or 30 years old now, or 25 years old or something, something like that. They just had an anniversary. Isn't Wine called, like, doesn't it stand for Wine is not an emulator? Yes, it is a recursive acronym. <laughs> um, so Wine is not an, uh, an emulator. Is By it? the way, international money, two pounds. Thank you, Oh my Dintron. gosh, this is just absolutely the wild. The are opening. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, at this rate, we'll have a table next week. No, probably yeah. not that quick, just because we're busy. I was gonna people. say, by the way, the the reason why I'm kind of reluctant to update uh, upgrade the table. I mean, I do need to look for one, but the, guys, this table that we're using with four chairs was eighty bucks. It's a really hard deal to beat. Yeah, brand new. I feel you. Yeah. Furniture is that one thing. Like furniture is expensive. Well, and it's like <laughs> that thing. I'm so easily like settled in like technology and various other little things. And even my computer chair. It's like ah, oh, I want to upgrade this. This could be better. This could be nicer. Mm-hmm. Like my furniture. I'm like. That can stay, like as know, long as right? it's serving its purpose. Yeah. So back to the the, the Linux stuff. Um, basically, uh, Wine is a compatibility layer for Windows software um, on Linux. Uh, I won't get into too much of the detail, but it attempts to let you run native Windows EXEs on Linux. It has varying success. There's all kinds of different configurations that you can have per application to really optimize those things. And there's even a website called WineHQ where you can go and see, and you can like rate games, like this one worked perfectly. Here are some configurations I had to do to get it to run better, etc., etc. Um So it should be no surprise that that kind of thing could be very valuable for Valve to get on to push mm-hmm. gaming on Linux more. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about like, uh, what is it, this SteamOS, which is a fork of Debian. I believe it originally was Ubuntu. What's up? I just want to say, so uh, about a month ago, I ended up going to Seattle and I, I went to Valve. Yeah. One thing I thought was very funny near the end of their tour, people were asking about Steam boxes. That was it. The, the guy literally said, we pretty much pirated Linux. That was his word. Yeah. I mean, they did <laughs> and it. I, and I laughed about it. He's like, no, seriously, we, we pirated Linux for that. Well, yeah, but so I would consider pirating Linux violating GPL. Mm-hmm. Like maybe something that like... Uh, right. And that was just his wording, but yeah. I thought that was really funny. I mean, it, so like they, they've done a good job of actually up. staying upstream, which is why I'm actually pretty positive on this whole thing. So I'll get through this pretty quickly to not drag this whole thing down. But um, Wine can be good for the Steam stuff and Steam OS. They seem to be still kind of working on that, but maybe they just have a kind of hold, held back on the jabs. It mm-hmm. seemed like they came out with, you know, their freaking guns ablaze at first yep. with Steambox okay, and Steam OS. But uh, they've kind of retracted a little bit, but it, it seems like they're still investing in this. 
Um, they were pushing more native games. They, I don't think they really like were working with Wine a whole lot before this, but they created an updated version of Wine that actually taps into Vulkan a little bit better, um, which is a graphics uh, engine that kind of replaces OpenGL and stuff like that. Um, that is way more performant on Linux, and the idea is it's cross-platform, and I believe Windows might have adopted it, or there's a way to get it on Lin- Windows, but it's a very it's a good thing to not only... Um, for just games in general, but cross-platform games. It's going to be easier to write for Vulkan and be able to be on all platforms, and you combine Wine with that, so it's trying to like leverage Vulkan with Wine to be able to run your Windows games on there, and they have open-sourced it already. Um, so hopefully these will go back upstream into Wine. Um, if not, the, uh, the uh, code is available, so we should be able to use it. It's pretty cool. I'm very happy they're continuing their investment in Linux as a Linux user. It's awesome. <laughs> and... You serious? Another five, well, a $5 donation from K19. Thank you very much for that. I think we should go ahead and take his. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle this one right there now. It may not just... be paid sponsors, but if you donate with a question, I think it's, you know. I mean, if you put a shout on there, yeah, we'll yeah. throw it up. So, yeah. yeah. We're going to get to pretty much as many questions as we can anyways. This isn't paid for. Like, for sure. You know what I mean? Don't think that's sure. the only way to get your questions. But this, but this should be easy enough here. So, should I purchase a GDE MU or... I could say that out loud, right? I, I, I not G D M U G. It's all, it's all uppercase. So I could say G D E M U. Yeah, in there. Okay. I, I would think. So. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Should I purchase a G D E M U or a Sega or, or or a Dreamcast SD? I've been getting tired. I've been getting more into Dreamcast Homebrew, but I'm tired of burning discs. I would say buy the one that you can readily purchase. I know the GDEMU, it's pretty tough to get a legitimate version of it unless you want to pay out the nose. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the Dreamcast SD. I know there's a clone one we talked about, and it seems to do the job, but one, I mean, do you want to support a clone? That's up to you. And two, you can't update it. So if you want something with updates and all that, I would say get the one that you can more readily access. That's going to be my opinion. <laughs> I'm glad there's still like attention on Dreamcast, man. Oh, yeah. This stuff. I have such a soft spot it. for it. Uh, let's see, uh, James9937, any of you use a Steam Link? I've had one for months and never used it. Hooked it up per, to a projector recently, and it worked pretty well. 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. Sounds like you're having a good time. I have not used it. Um, I, have you used anything like it? I know you had a Shield TV. Uh, I, oh, that thing was so bad. Uh, <laughs> I hated that so much. I, I, have, I have a video that is yet to release. I don't know if I'm going to release it, but it's all my rants on why I hated <sighs> the Shield TV. Um, it's my kind of video. Yeah, it's just it. I, I don't know. You all should I release it or not? Because it's like the weird thing is for me, it, it's like it was filmed in like January or February of this year, so it's in my old apartment. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, no, I don't. Tristan, thank you so much for the two dollars, <laughs> dude. Are you <laughs> Jeebus, Everyone's coming through. Uh, no, so the Steam Link, I have used it. I've also used Steam in home streaming on my laptop. Uh, they seem to work well, but. I would run into little issues here and there, and I'm, I realize I'm just more of a native person. I think emulation is awesome. I think streaming is cool. Uh, but if given the opportunity, I'd rather just play natively. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm going to play games, like if I'm going to really dedicate to playing PC games in my living room, I'm going to want to either build another PC or bring my PC downstairs and hook it up directly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Um, my apartment is in a situation... Well, first of all, I like sitting at my computer anyway. I don't really... Oh, yeah. I, you know, I like keyboard and mouse a lot if I'm going to play a PC game, unless it's like uh, 
Like I've been recently playing Psychonauts recently. Mm-hmm. That's a fun game, but that's not a keyboard and mouse game. There's a lot of games that aren't uh, optimized well for yeah. keyboard and mouse. Well, it's just like you know platformers, right? You know, you, WASD is not. Yeah. I mean, I guess in some senses it could be more accurate. Sometimes it can be way more annoying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've just never had that desire. I guess uh, for me personally, I think it's really cool, and if it works out well, that's awesome. Yeah. I do want to come back to Tristan. Uh, Tristan, I've seen this guy in the chat many times over. I've met Tristan, actually. Very cool. Yeah. Very awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope you have good things to say. He still seems to be, yeah. I think he's a moderator, no, he's, so. He's a cool dude, yeah. Awesome. We hung out, bought some video games, and I drove him home, so. Sweet. Yeah. Well, because he was like five minutes away, I'm just like, just just ride with me. I'll take you home. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like a good guy, and it's always appreciated to see you in the chat uh, coming out all the time, so thank sure. you so, so much. Let's see. Yeah, dude. All right. Do you have anything else that you've seen in this list of oh, donations? This is ridiculous, guys. God. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, Jeebus, there's more donations than there are questions. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I don't know about previous things, but this is like one of the more donation-heavy yeah. streams. This is... I, I think that's the most amount of donations, but also the most total like right. monetary value of donations yeah. we've gotten. It's on, I mean, it's, it's incredibly appreciated. I'm yeah. not which, like a broken record. Yeah, but. which again, like if y'all have questions to drop, go ahead, feel free. But one, one thing is too, it's like the, the donations are absolutely appreciated, but Mod Chat absolutely runs on a loss. This is, this is not a revenue generator yeah. at all yeah. for the channel. Right. Like, yes, there are advertisements on it, but like this... This show earns next to nothing. So right. We and do, I mean, we do this for the love and for the fun of it. And, uh, you know, maybe this is getting a little private, but, like, we've had conversations about, like, the money. Yeah. And it's really come down to, like, we're not making buku bucks. This is a loss. You know, I, I came into this, and I am beyond more than happy to help cover those costs mm-hmm. and... It, Coming to equipment, but, but I don't. I don't charge. I, I don't have you pitch in for anything, <laughs> right? And I would like to at some points. In fact, you keep surprising all, me. You're just like, yeah, the set got doper, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, like it's all good. I've been no, busy I'll, and not thinking about stuff. You know, yeah, it's very much appreciated from you know me to you as well. Because well, don't like, worry, I'll sh- I'll show you my appreciation later as well too. All right, all right. yeah. Because I mean, you definitely ha- helped come in this show as well, and like this, I, I I don't know how many people here have been watching since like the original iteration when like because Machat was initially. Uh, it was a offline podcast. It was just Dope Sonar 930 and myself talking about modding topics, modding history, whatever it was, um, having general discussions and thoughts on things. And then we took it to a live show and turned it into a live news recap. And then he came off, you came on, and it was just, it was, it was incredibly graceful how well that change and transformation worked. And there's never been any negative things. I think the, the mm-hmm. only negative thing I've ever seen against Devin was, it wasn't even negative. Some, <laughs> some person is- was just like, who's this guy with the glasses? Yeah. And the chat immediately came in and was like, yeah, that's a new host. Old host oh, is gone. Man, <laughs> warms my heart. I really appreciate it. And like from the beginning, people have been like super cool with me. Um, and, and I was a, a fan of this. I'll reiterate this. I've mentioned it once before, but like I watched... Uh, Mr. Mario's videos. <laughs> Devin, get a hat. <laughs> I've offered him hats. I got yeah. like six or seven others I can use. I know, I know. Yeah, they that clean. Is... I don't have lice. I'm, not, I'm worried about that. I don't want to steal right. your. I don't want to steal your swag, man. It's that's it's, it's your identity. And you also, I'm working on something else. We'll, we'll see. But like, I was a you know a fan of your your content. Well, uh, I was a fan of your podcast. I would well, listen you. to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it. You know, I think. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like a, a decent transition. Like I, I had felt, I had, I had felt, uh, who, you know, 
now known as Modbot. Yeah. I could I could feel his passion waning. Yeah. And he admitted it too, and he was just like, you know, this is totally yeah. cool. I don't think there was any bad blood there. Oh, no, not and at all. Even he's come on to the podcast since, yeah. and it's been great. Yeah. It was nice meeting him, and I think he's a solid guy, and I, I enjoyed listening to his content That before. was low-key a little emotional for me too, like when he yeah. just like, bre- like intrinsically I had to hold it in, but like he kind of just came in. It was it, It's kind of like, you know, a proud dad moment. Where yeah. it's like you know you or like you you really do something to make your parents proud. He just kind of came in like he was he was one of the originators of the show. He just kind of came in well, like, and I felt like an awesome job. I felt like the break from it did wonders for him because I felt like that was some of his better content mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. you know what I mean. I felt like him taking that break away from the show and coming back just for like a sample. You know, it wasn't probably as draining on him. It's not as time strenuous. Uh, yeah. and I'm sure it's it, it's nice. Obviously, he's comfortable with the show. He's been on it for, he had been on it for a while. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, appreciation all around from him, you, and people in the chat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dapper Devin. I could, you know, no fedoras, though. I'm not a fedora, I'm not a fedora guy. Milady. <laughs> yeah, right. For the audio listeners, I, I tipped my proverbial hat. Oh, man. <laughs> oh man you gotta keep that in mind i really really appreciate the podcasts that go in and be like oh by the way that was something you guys totally missed on the audio oh yeah yeah because i only listen to audio only podcasts i don't have any videos that right I that that's frustrating too when there's um there's some podcasts i listen to that are very video heavy and i'm just like this is a podcast yeah the other thing that really irks me is when people put up podcasts like this, like they live stream a podcast on YouTube and they only keep it on YouTube. Right. Again, I'm like, this is a podcast. Well, think, Give me a downloadable uh, copy of it. I know it's not. I like, shouldn't have to go out of my way to rip the MP3 off the file. Yeah, they just like link to a uh, link to downloadable podcast. Not even put a link. I have to no, do no. That shit myself. They should put a link to YouTube DL. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's not something I do, and I would miss out on more podcasts if they were like video or YouTube only, especially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some people. I mean, there's a there's a lot of comments and compliments instead of questions. So I mean, we can <laughs> read off Devin. Some, yeah, I'm totally down. <laughs> we'll get you a red robe. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Noir used a the PS2 soft mod video I did. Don't awesome. make me Happy don't make me work. change my Twitter Twitter name. Dapper Dapper <laughs> K19 said Mod Chat is great I listen to it when I'm riding my bike to work That's awesome Sweet Yeah So yeah no uh, Mod Chop saying you know uh, In regards to Modbot He's doing really well Definitely around what he loves for sure Yeah his Yeah His day job is 3D printing stuff now Yeah Like he works for awesome. a company with that Yeah Yeah and I, I, I I'm not a 3D printer myself I think it's an interesting I don't keep up with him But you know cool. occasionally Like YouTube will just be like By the way keep in mind Modbot's still like making stuff And I'm yep. like Keep it up man Go for it That's freaking awesome For sure As long as he's happy And still cranking out stuff um, And that can be a very like you know, burnout's real, of course. It is. But that can be a really good, like, uh, cyclical thing, right? <clears throat> Going to work, getting inspired to go home, getting being at home to get inspired to go to work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When that works out really, really well, Absolutely. it can really do wonders for you and your content. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of those things, too, when, I mean, with, with work, you're spending about, you know, a third of your life there. So, yep. yeah, if you're... If work is going great, you're going to be motivated to do some good content, do some other things, enjoy the other eight hours you have available because you're hopefully spending another eight hours sleeping. Yeah. But yeah. And it's really nice to be around people that inspire you as well. Like in ways that like, you know, uh, 
some of this modding stuff can inspire me, I guess, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not inspiring me to like develop necessarily because I don't feel like developing homebrew and stuff like that. That's just not my interest right now. Uh, but my day job definitely does do that. My day job intersects very heavily over my, my passions. Yeah. Um, and like even the exact technologies, like I like Java, I code in Java, I like Angular, I code in Angular, like awesome. Like, um, so I don't know. I think it's, it's really great for him and I hope he does well. For sure. I think w- one thing I, I have found a little funny though uh, and it's just interesting because I, I don't know if you've run into this at all, but I've talked with other people about it. And like my day job, for example, the stuff that I do there is going to be, it, it's not modding related at all, but it is tech related. And generally it's harder than the stuff that I do on YouTube. <laughs> so the stuff I'm doing in the modding community is easier than the stuff that I'm doing to get money. <laughs> and I've like, I've talked with my coworkers who have modded their systems and done a few other things. And some of them, like, they've had difficulty kind of understanding, you know, like, how mods work and such. And I'm just like, and I kind of told them, like, you know, I just find it strange. I'm not demeaning you at all, but this is much easier than what you're doing right now. And they're just like, I know, but I don't understand this as well for whatever reason. I will say, so there's a certain level of confidence that I got the more I got into hacking stuff and modding consoles, right? And Mm -hmm. I guess there is is a couple things to expect, and maybe people aren't used to certain tools on their computer or, like, even SD cards. I think a lot of them are, like, mental blocks, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, oh, my God, am I really going to do this? Like, am I sure everything's okay? Some people just speed right into that and totally mess up things. Exactly. (laughs) But I think, you know... um, I think that can be a, a real legitimate thing. It's more mental blocks if mm-hmm. you're in that technical space. So there's one thing here. Maybe you can answer it. Actually, I'm not sure. familiar. I'm planning to buy and soft mod an OG Xbox this week. Is there a preference for Xbox versions? I like Python. Are there different versions of the OG that would yes. matter? Yes. Don't get a 1.6 because you're, that's the hardest hard mod if you choose to do a hard mod later on. And on top of that... Uh, there's several games that just do not display at all over uh, component, Mm. like over 480p. Uh, So if I could choose a model, get a 1.0 or a 1.1 model, uh, because those ones also, you definitely open it up, clean it, take the clock cap out. But on top of that, they have the biggest TSOP flash on board. So that means you can load up a one megabyte BIOS as opposed to that, you know, dinky 256K shit. So... That's my recommendation. If I like, if I'm looking for an Xbox right now, mm-hmm. 1.0 or 1.1, as long as you maintain it and you have that option later on for, you know, a TSOP. Cool. Glad you had the info. Uh, let's see. Should we wind it down? It's it's been a long podcast. I, I I'd be down. Yeah. Let let me see if there's yeah. There's are one you more getting, question. Are you getting the Shinmu one and two remake or whatever? I have it. I had it pre-ordered. I have it paid for. Actually, twice. Uh, no, my copy is waiting for me to pick it up. I'm probably going to pick it up tomorrow because I'll mm. actually have time to pick it up. Uh, but I also pre-ordered the... So I pre-ordered the US edition on PS4. And I also pre-ordered the Japanese limited edition from Amazon wow. Japan. So Very nice. That one's going to come in. So yes, I'm getting it two times. Very nice. <laughs> I, I've, I've not pre-ordered it yet or anything like that or, or cool. paid for it. Uh, but I would like to do it. I never beat Shenmue 1, but I played a decent amount of it and liked it. Um... I don't know if you know. I haven't kept up with it a lot. It's like and I've seen it like mentioned uh, here and there, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally behind that because it was an awesome game. Have they updated the audio at all? No. So oh it is my God. extremely crunchy. Like it's, 
I remember Actually, the first time I went back to play that. I mean, there's a lot of games no, that, you play, and you're like, that didn't age well. When I heard yeah. that, it was... The audio is the same, which is... it's Here's the thing. <sighs> you kind of shudder, but it's also endearing. I know. Because there's also a level of care that they kept the original audio. and uh, They digi- had to actually... Digital found... <laughs> no, the funny thing is, Digital Foundry actually did a analysis of it. And John even noticed, that the guy who did the video, he even noticed that... The sound files for the Japanese audio track are about double the size of the English ones. And he's like, that actually makes sense to me because I always felt like the English ones were compression heavy. And then he plays the Japanese audio and the English audio and the Japanese audio sounds good. And the English audio is just so crunchy. Like as soon as someone's about, as soon as someone's about to talk to, there's like a little bit of fuzz that comes in. That kind of reminds me of uh, Metal Gear Solid, like the first one. When they remade it, they actually had to redo all the audio because they were able to compress it. Like they they recorded the first Metal Gear Solid in a house. <laughs> yeah, they did all the audio in a house, and they didn't have you know a professional setup or anything. They had something that was good enough to get going, but with the compression used on the PS One, it sounded good. But then when they found the audio and uncompressed it, they're like. Oh my god, this is bad. You can hear all the outside traffic. You can hear all this noise that we can't <laughs> fix. And they they got the group back together like, "Guys, we have to re-record this entire game." <laughs> wow. That yeah. is really bad. I would say that's probably a little worse than Shinmu. Yeah. So, um, I would say first of all, Nick Kelly. Nick, th- thank you for coming through again. Coming a, through. Another $1 donation. You guys are too kind. And the appreciation will never slow. This is amazing. And this has been a hell of a podcast. I think it's been a pretty fun podcast. I don't know about you. I feel like this is a pretty solid one. It's been fun, yeah. 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 But I, we do have, like, I think one more. We have, so, yeah, a few more. So Dintron said, how do you feel about physical mods? Oh, there's a couple. To hardware videos where they just have, where they have just destroyed boards with hot glue and solder. Or as, because hmm. he's over from the UK, it seems, or across the pond with solder. Solder, solder. Uh, I don't know. Do you know what he's referring to exactly? I guess just like. Oh yeah. There... Well, see, the, the, I, I I don't want to start trash on a lot of people because I've also had some mods that aren't very clean. I'm going to be the first person to admit that I'm not a professional by any means. Um, but when he's talking about the mass amounts of hot glue, I think I think hot glue can be good. But when it's just disgusting and caked all over. Like everywhere, and I've I've seen some nasty ones. Like if you check out, like th- this guy's name's Voltar, he's a legend. Oh my god, we'll get to those. He's, I know the dude's a legend with the work that he does. But he has a ton of videos where he takes completely fucked up consoles and ends up redoing the mods on them. And some of the things people do is just absolutely disgusting. Like even to the point, it's like you have. The installer, not not him. I'm talking about the the original installer has absolutely no common sense and no conscious awareness of this is not how this should look. This is not how you normally do it. You don't when you take apart a Nintendo and do a NES RGB mod, you you don't cake half of the internal plastics with hot glue. Mm -hmm. You don't then pile all the wires in there and cake them with hot glue. So yeah, some of that shit's disgusting. Use it in moderation. Yeah. And, and I want and, those wires to stay right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So anyways, <laughs> what Mr. Mario was alluding to, I feel like I just had like a, just lost my mind. Mod Shop came in one-upping the rest of the competition here. A dollar and a penny. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank you. That penny is much appreciated. <laughs> and Tristan. The whole dollar's appreciated. Yeah. 
and Tristan coming in again. And Tristan even says, we're going to give you that new table while the mod shot just has an angry face. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a bitter rivalry going on in the comments right now. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I will say here, so Noor saying, sad I missed it. Did he do a Discord everyone? So the way YouTube streaming works is w when I announced the show a few days ago, I did do an everyone on my Discord, which y'all can check out down below in the description. Hey, we have a good time there. Uh, but no, it, this will get a everyone tag once the video is, once the stream is done, once it's been processed, and then once it's delivered as a video. Mm -hmm. At that point, YouTube at one point will then deliver it and it will get a everyone tag. And a lot of that's run by bots, right? It, yeah, the, the YouTube thing I do through bots. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of that's not exactly like totally in your hands, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sorry to miss you, Noor. I mean, it, yeah. it was definitely a good show, but I hope you tune in uh, once this is uploaded because it, w it was a pretty solid one, I think. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I, I know one person famous, Hector, is saying, hot glue in a game console. That's just stupid. It's not stupid if you use it properly. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have, like, a ton of wires and you just use it a, a tiny bit, you know, to keep them in place, that that's fine. I've seen extremely clean jobs with a little bit of hot glue, but... Like I, some of the things that scare me are like when you have like very sensitive traces and you put hot glue on them. Mm -hmm. Like if that has to be redone, that's so terrifying to redo. Like, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, and get that stuff off. Don't I mean. go crazy with it. Well, getting hot glue off is easy, but if you're putting it directly on traces and stuff, well, then like I mean, I can like, imagine like depending on I don't know, maybe it wouldn't yeah. be too bad, but I could like see it ripping up a, a capacitor that may not be like seated really well yes. or something. Yeah, it yeah. can it can do that. So. It can do that. <sighs> well, should we start winding it down? It's been a long stream. I'd totally be down for that. Yeah, I didn't think this stream was going to... Uh, I didn't think this was going to go on for so long. But the topics were pretty tight, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it it worked out for some good conversation, I think. Absolutely. I didn't get too heated. Yeah, <laughs> you did not. I thought you were going to go nuts, but you no. did not, so... No. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Should we go ahead and wrap it up? Let's go ahead. Yeah, let's wrap this all up. Devin, where can people find you online? Well, people can find me here on Mod Chat. That's once true. Once, That's true. I really encourage you guys to come out and watch a lot, watch the live stream. In the meantime, though, since we only do this once a month, you can come find me on Twitter mainly. Paranoid Coder. Definitely check me out. Uh, mention me. Talk to me. Hit me up. Or just follow me. For sure. Yeah, that's pretty much it these yeah. days. You have a YouTube channel as well. That's, tri so. that's true. Yeah. That's, that's trite. Trite. Tr true and right. Trite. It's very true and right. Yes, right. Indeed. Uh, you can find me at Paranoid Coder on there as well. I do make videos. I crank out about one a month. Um, so, yeah. Uh, kind of got my script all written out for this next one. Uh, so, I'm hoping to get that recorded here soon. Crank it out. Awesome. Last minute like every other time. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Jesus Christ. Mod Shop with another meme donation. It's much appreciated. But the, he one-upped himself again yeah. with a dollar and two cents. Thank Did you he one-up himself? Because yes. no one else one-upped him. He's just asserting his dominance. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will answer real quick. The Ace, uh, no, he didn't mention anything about RTX until now. Hmm. RTX, and, and like he's talking about the, uh, the new GPUs. I'm oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I heard ray about that. tracing. Yeah. I'm good on GPUs for a while. Yeah. I, I got a 1080 Ti, so, and I barely use it. So. Uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a, <laughs> I don't need a 2080. <laughs> I've got a 960, and I only game oh, here and there. Yeah, so. How much is he gonna donate? I don't know. <laughs> you you make it hard to end a stream mod shop. Yeah. I will I will give a you a dollar and three cents. Thank you again. So much. Especially because I well I just realized the timing is off. Remember right on the the chat? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yes. 
Take that at Mod Shop. Mod Shop <laughs> is is uh, calling himself out. I like it. Sure. The people in our chat, man, it's it's fantastic. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Anyways, at least with this, you know, you, you can find me on Twitter. I'm mostly there, uh, of course, on YouTube here. So if you want to check in with uh, other videos I do, I do a lot of tutorials, all that fun stuff. Please feel free to subscribe to the channel. It's much appreciated. We do these monthly. Uh, I have another podcast, Mario's Minute, that's also monthly, where it's normally just me. Sometimes there's a guest on it. This episode is just going to be me, the one at the end of the month. Um, yeah, Instagram, pretty much everything. Like All my social media links are down below in the description if you're checking this out on YouTube. And uh, as for Matcha and Mario's Minute, uh, you can find them on all major podcasting platforms. So Google, iTunes, uh, all that fun shit. A dollar four. Oh my. Stop no. draining your wallet, please. <laughs> we don't need it. Oh, man. But thank you so it. much. Oh, my God. My chat's getting a new table. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna he's just going to donate a table next time. We're not even going to see how it's possible. It's just going to be a table yeah, emoji right. instead of a dollar. Right. Yeah. Newer is trying to one-up him plus one cent. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to take it seriously. Be careful. Oh, man. All right. Should yeah. we wind it down before we get any donations? I never yes. thought I would say that. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been great <laughs> to have you guys in the chat. Absolutely. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone, and listening. And we'll see you next month. See you.